For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Welcome back, Panther fans, to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Tonight's show is where where there is smoke. There is fire. We'll be looking at the Carolina Panthers heading to Miami after losing to the Washington football team and the questions that I have for the fans in the chat room and for the people on this podcast is this defense. Does it can it bring the smoke? Does it bring the smoke or is it getting smoke, folks? We need to figure out if this defense as is as good as advertised. Or if there are a lot of flash, the number's 252-228-5098. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody Lashney, my wheel man, is out tonight getting just a little rest. We're giving him a, a bye week because he's going to carry us on the back end of the season. He got a veteran day uh, in practice, that but that's okay. We got some vets on the stage. Cody, a CK, also Whoa. named Cody. How, how you do? You know, uh, listen, obviously we're coming into a, a week where, you know, we feel like anything is possible in the league. We feel like we can do very well or we can feel like we could do very poorly, depending upon how we come out and respond to what happened last week. Um, but I think all in all, I, I, I think this feeling of optimism is something that's new to us. And that's something that's pretty cool. So I'm super stoked to kind of start this week, talk about the Miami Dolphins and uh, and then kind of just look forward to the future, you know. Greg, uh, the bat daddy, the stat daddy, um, we lost to Ron Rivera. Um, just to let you know your mic's on mute and for when you come in hot. But uh, we lost to Ron Rivera in uh, Cam's first game. We were on a high. We were on the highest of highs. I feel like this is, is this what it feels like to come down? 
You know, I don't really know, man, because I feel like I should be sad right now, but I, I'm I'm happier after this loss than I think I have been after any other. And maybe it's just the the Cam Newton homer in me. Uh, it looked like this one was going to really, really play out to be a storyboard or like a storybook ending, uh, but it didn't. And I don't know. I just I just feel confident, more confident about the Panthers after this game. Did it seem like watching the game, everything was louder? It's in it. Were they pumping more noise in? Because I could hear everything that was going on in the stadium, music and everything included, way louder than I normally could. That's a good question. Yeah. Is um maybe louder when you're paying attention, possibly. And what yeah. I mean by that is um like when we're paying attention, Panther fans are cheering on defense when they're, you know, like, I mean, cause you got to cheer when the other team is on offense and we're on defense and we're quiet. So maybe we're tuning in at the right times and, and finally fans are cheering. And so we don't have to hear the other fans cheering because we've, that's what we've heard is the audible cheers. Uh, you're like, why are they cheering right now? And it's third and 10 for the Panthers. Yeah. You know, you've heard that on the show. Maybe, partially um hearing that noise is that the fan base was just swayed towards the panthers finally possibly yeah there's still a lot of burgundy in those stands the numbers 252-228-5098 we got a good show for you tonight eric summers from cat scratch reader will join us at 9 15 we'll have your calls in the second half of the first hour and we're going to rock and roll through this show um some things we do need to talk about i guess is um I don't know. I'll let you guys take the mic for a second. What do you want to talk about two days removed from the Carolina Panthers? Cam Newton comes back home to BOA. Big game, scores three touchdowns, right? Through two, yeah. ran one, um, looked pretty dang looked good. Incredible. Or better than expected for having so much time off and not having time in the system. So two days removed. What do you guys, what's on your mind as Panther fans? You know, I'll, I'll go first. I mean, I'm, like I said, I think there's a whole lot of optimism about what this Carolina Panthers team can be. And, and seeing Cam Newton, here's the thing, seeing Cam Newton just jot down for that 26, 27 yard touchdown run was just something that is a thing of beauty. Like I, I feel like we've been missing that in our lives seeing like the way that defenses play us differently with Cam Newton on the field. And then you add that, com you know, combined with what Christian McCaffrey does. It's just, it's unbelievable. Like I, it's just, a, there's no better feeling right now than being like uh, a big fan of the Panthers and seeing these two guys go, go off like they are. Yeah. It, it's absolutely amazing because what I saw on cam, I think the whole time I, I was waiting for big plays, waiting for big plays, waiting for big plays. And we did see a few of them, but I don't know. It seemed like like towards the beginning of the game or halftime, I was looking at the score in the game and I was like, well, Cam's having a good game, but he does, he's not having like a fantastic game or like a really solid game. And then I look up at the end of the game and he's thrown for 200 yards. You know, his completion percentage is what, like in the 70s, high 70s. I mean, he three touchdowns. And I was like, wow, he really did have a fantastic game. Uh, I, my biggest thing is I've had people debating with me and not debating, but talking to me, discussing with me about whether it was any better with PJ Walker. And I'm trying to think about what PJ, like the stats may have been there. I don't even think PJ Walker had nearly the stats that Cam did in his start. Right. Um, he played well. I'm going to pull he, it up. Is that yeah. He didn't have three touchdowns. That's he didn't for have sure. three touchdowns. Yeah, I know that. Um, um, look, but he is that, here's well. the thing is that even questioning Cam after this game, and I'm not saying you can question the wisdom of Cam as an acquisition and a, bring him back to Carolina 
um, the long term ramifications of this. Well, I'll have that conversation with you. Yeah. But like questioning Cam's play on 10 days with the team against the Washington football team, which uh, Ron Rivera knows him very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, 21 for 27, 189 yards, two touchdowns um, in the air, and he rushed for 46 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's 10 attempts, too, on the ground. Man, like, look, this dude got a lot of work day one. Yep. And, look, we I've seen Cam Newton be in this system for a long time and play worse than that. No. You know, like, I mean, oh, yeah. if that's what we get e- we each week right there, you better be. We'd be happy as a mug. Right. We'd be happy well, as a mug. Yeah. And, and, and you know, we were we were discussing today kind of talking about what Cam Newton's future is. Like, what do we think it'll be here? I was telling him, I think that's that, the complicated part. Yeah. I, th- I think that you sign him for a few more years and build an offensive line. And then you can have in a few more years have Cam Newton mentor the next guy into into the spot. In my opinion. That's 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 the storybook ending that I want. So <laughs> that'd be amazing. It would be amazing. well, you know that what that we'll have plenty of time in the offseason to talk about the law, how we're going to address this quarterback situation going forward. But I think that anything uh, that isn't dealing with this defense right now is a smokescreen, and not that. Uh, and I'm you know what I'm not going to defend it. I'm going to say this is that people came out and said the defense didn't play well. People are all over Dante Jackson, even though I think he's just uh, kind of a scapegoat in a overall poor performance. And not to dismiss his not be- like he could have played better for sure. There's a lot right. there to talk about. Like, I'm not trying to say it w- didn't exist, but I think it's just easy to point there only. This was a collective failure by the defense. And I got to ask you guys is um, people came out. Well, first, here's the problem. This is going to be unpopular when I say this, because the defense has been the strength of this team and is the strength of this team, mm-hmm. um, at least until this past week. Um, the best coach side of the team was on the defense. The best players on this team were on the defense. The most productive players all season have been on the defense. So when I come out here, I'm, I'm critical. And when I say this, I think people will have some pause. But my question is, is this defense really as good as advertised? Because right now I'm looking backwards and we were making excuses that the offense was not performing, right? They were not living up to their bill. And that's true. But who is this defense truly stopped? What have they really done so far this year? Um, look, New York, uh, look, if you want to talk about best performances, New York Jets week one, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. First game of the you want to talk about another good def- uh, good performance was week two against the Saints, I believe, because mm-hmm. we started out three and up. And the Saints are ravaged by COVID. J- Jameis Winston starting. I mean, they don't have uh, – and not that Jameis Winston starting. was They were worse then, but they had six coaches out with COVID. Michael Thomas was gone. They had some injuries there. So we stopped them. Um, and then we then go forward – and we win against the Houston Texans, but we still didn't just shut down the Texans. We didn't shut them down. They scored some points. That was a that was a game. Then the Dallas puts two fifty up on us, Greg, on the ground, two hundred fifty yards on the ground. Then you get uh, the Giants who smoke us, and a lot of that's on the offense. A lot of that is on the offense, but still, the Giants smoked. Mm-hmm. Next. Um, Maybe we put, we played well against Atlanta, you could say. 
we no, I mean, I guess they suck. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We allowed a fourth quarter comeback by the Minnesota Vikings mm-hmm. and the, right? the and then send in the overtime for a loss. Yeah. So what, where has this defense shown to us that they are better than pretty good? Right. Uh, honestly, with the first game, like with the exception of, uh, of that, they're really just kind of showing you that they play to the level of their opponents. You know, well, for the most part. We well, we're hoping that we, we can play somebody that's good and, yeah. and beat them on defense. And I don't think we've beaten a good team on defense so far. Yeah. I, I wanted to make the argument that it was because of time of possession because they're out on the field so much and it's so hard. But then I went and looked up the stats and we actually overall this year, uh, average time possession against all our opponents is 31-54 our way. 28, 28, their way, or 28. Yeah, 20 has it, 28, 28, 31, 54. I don't understand. Anyway, uh, so we actually have the ball more than the other team. So I can't really blame it on time possession. You know, um, I'm going to put this up. Well, we got uh, two minutes and we're going to bring, actually, let's go ahead and bring in Eric Summers from Cat Scratch Reader. He's here. We might as well get him in on this conversation. Eric, welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. Hey guys, how we doing tonight? Good. What's up? Uh, you know, mixed bag, bro. Mixed bag. You know what I'm saying? Is the excitement I have referred to it as coming down off of a high a little bit, and I don't know if I'm come down yet. So I still am on the high, to be honest. But um, a lot of energy expelled for Panther fans over the last ten days with the addition or return of Cam Newton. And I even said it in this game, Eric, as, as we went, uh, as Washington came back, a lot of emotions just because Cam's coming back, because Ron's coming back. There's a lot of storylines here that is an emotional component for Panther fans and players. Cam exuded so much energy, goes and runs and puts the ball down, all of this. And then Ron Rivera, they score a touchdown going into the half. Score t- we get the beer settles in at halftime. They score touchdown. It's hard to keep that high for so long. And Eric, after a loss, I'm still trying to figure out, should I be high or should I be coming down? I think you should be high. And the reason I'm going to say that is our defense definitely showed that they are not as good as we thought they were. I was just listening to you guys' conversation for a few minutes there. I think there's a lot of truth to the fact that we have dominated some inferior opponents defensively. Uh, We have faced a lot of backup quarterbacks this year. And on the games where we face the intended starter, uh, we have not done well. Now, Taylor Heineke is the first time we have faced a backup quarterback and not done well. But yeah, you you can't even really call him a backup at this point. Like he is their starter. He's been starting long enough that he's obviously fully competent in the offense and all that good stuff. Um, But there was a reality that I think we had to face over the weekend. This defense is very good, but they are also light. And when I say light, when you run up against a team that plays physical football, like the Vikings did, like Washington does, we are not like Dallas heavy. did. Yeah. Like, and yeah, exactly. we are not heavy up front. We don't have any traditional, you know, what I would like to call well-rounded defensive ends. All of our guys are light unless we go a little bit heavier and we do like a Morgan Fox and Yeter Gross Matos uh, in combination. But even then, we're not we're not heavy. Um, 
And I think that's something that's starting to catch up with us a little bit. And I think that's something that some teams are starting to recognize as we have given up more and more yards on the ground. You don't have to beat us through the air. Our strength is in the secondary at this point. And if you can open up that through the run game, if you're going to make these corners and these safeties play closer to the line of scrimmage, it's the old football adage. It sounds cliche, but it still works. And it can go both ways. You can set up the run with the pass or you can set up the pass with the run. But if you're going to be that good running the football, even a guy like Taylor Heineke can make you pay. Before we move on, let me give shout outs to the people that uh, are in the chat. Sports Blitz, thank you for the donation. We never asked for the donations, but they are appreciated. He says, is it wrong to say that this defense maybe got a little too hype from Cam being back? that they were unfocused that said cam played excellent and gives me hope that's a uh, good comment we'll talk about that tonight and one other super chat from nick montiero my boy you guys uh hear that what hassan read uh said check your dms all right i will um all right so let's uh talk about that and continue on the emotional component with that defense what went wrong guys this week with this defense and and, and with the um, was cam i mean do we really even have i won't say have for the i'm not trying to knock on the comment that the that the person made but like i'm so tired of even finding co- connections between cam's existence and carolina's failure <laughs> right like, like what else does he got i mean and i'm not saying he needed he saved us or anything like that but the defense just allowed them to run the ball and i think that dante has been a scapegoat and i know that he did not have a great game he did make a, ba- a, pa- a pass block up, uh, breakup down the field that could have been disastrous. If that if that hits, game over for Dante. But I think it's just easy to point to him because of those of the visual plays. They were all set up by them just running the ball all on that left side all day. Why are the is it just the Panthers' light, or is where the was the line where the linebackers not um, playing effectively at the same time? I was, was I was gonna say, yeah I was gonna say it seemed like it was all around kind of everybody the linebackers I looked at there were so many plays where the linebackers were almost there on passes just almost there and I'm not gonna lie they ran the ball all over us but Heineke did put the ball in some really tight windows for a few of those touchdown passes that I'm not he had sure a lot of played. time though yeah I'm not sure if it was players that were out of position but where he put that ball I mean was perfect and I don't see how he's gunslinging yeah um but yeah, I think it was all around, man. To be truly honest, with you. it wasn't just the linebacking core. It was everybody. The, the defensive line was getting pushed around, bullied around. Those holes were gaps were wide open the whole game. We were uh, uh, yeah. we were in the wrong gap a lot. Yeah. Our defensive line was in the wrong gap a lot, and there's a one of the reasons for that was schematic, and it bothers me that we didn't have the ability to stop it. So, re- sorry, the Washington football team was running what we call a wide zone run scheme, and all that means is that you're essentially creating more separation between your offensive linemen in an attempt to create some larger gaps there. Um, we do that too. It's not, it's not a foreign concept to our defense. They should be practicing against that concept. Uh, but Matt rule said it in the, uh, in the Panthers, uh, what do they call it? The thing that they do on the radio Panther talk, um, that we had no answer for it. They said, we tried stacking the box. We tried bringing safeties down. We tried all these different things. And for some reason, every single play, we just were not maintaining good gap discipline. And that was defensive tackles. That was defensive ends. That was linebackers. 
And when it came outside the tackles, it was corners. So, and I think that all goes back to the fact that we are a small team that does easily get pushed around by a larger team, bigger guys. It's a, we're built for stopping a lot of stuff on the outside. We're built for stopping stuff in the secondary, but we're starting to pay for it when a team wants to play smash mouth football against us. Do we think this has anything to do with the college mindset? Maybe do you think maybe this Matt rule is putting into a college, uh, I guess in college, you line up the best player against, against the, you know, you line up the best player against the, these other guys, you're going to win all the time, just about, but it's not like that in the pros. I think he's, he, that's kind of the position he's putting himself that he wants fast uh, guys that can hit hard really fast, but, I guess they can be pushed around. It seems more like a college team he's putting together to me. Yeah, fa- I mean, fast isn't bad. It's just right. it, it, there are weaknesses. You need to have these rotational guys that can play physical football when you're going to face a – we knew what Ron Rivera was going to do coming into this game. We knew that he was going to pound the rock. The fact that we yeah, didn't yeah. have the personnel to stop him from doing that, even though we knew exactly what he was going to do, that's that's that hurts a little bit. That's uh, – that's dangerous to think about. I do think it's personnel in in one component. There's, you know, it's like one of those things where when things go wrong, there are certain things that are apparent, and then there's like twenty other things that are going on too that are going wrong. Um, when it comes to the size of our defensive ends, I do understand like um, the weakness against the run at times. But I feel like, I feel like this is, I feel like Hassan Reddick has played well against at all, at all stages. And sure, there's been times you can find run plays that have gone his way, but I don't feel like he's just been a liability. Um, but one, one of the things I have said, and this was back when, remember when we drafted uh, Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funches together, and we were like, oh, we were so small and now we got to get so big. Well, the problem was, is they both did the same damn thing to a certain degree. Like they weren't complimentary. And so if you do have that speed edge like a Hassan Reddick, maybe on the other side, you need somebody more like the Charles Johnson type of player or something to complement that other other player. And I tell you this, it's crazy, though. I know it's easy to say that we were just bad, bad, bad in so many ways. But isn't it terrible when Ron Rivera comes to your house and then reminds you that his cliches are right? And that every game does come down to two or three plays. In this case, if we stop that fourth down where Heineke does the Brett Favre, puts us in a completely different situation. You know, there are, yes, we got beat. We got punched up. But there were three or four plays that were game-changing kind of plays where this goes, where we're not that far away. So Ron Rivera comes back and gets his redemption or his revenge. Um. I saw you talking about Eric, uh, Derek Brown. People have been hard on Derek Brown as a draft pick. I like him. I don't. I mean, I. I mean, I just know it's not a sexy. I learned my lesson. I talked shit about Starlet Tulele. I learned my lesson is I love KK Short because he got the sacks. He got the sack. I was like, oh, I love KK Short. But I tell you, KK was never the same after no star beside him. Eric, tell us about Derek Brown's progress um, on this defensive line. So this is the only alarm bell I have against Derek Brown. Um, we all, we used to talk about the sophomore slump. We used to talk about guys who would have a slight regression in their second year, only to have a big uptick in their third year. 
we might be looking at that right now with Derek Brown. And I think, I don't think it's necessarily an indictment on who he is as a player. I don't think he is a, the reason people are hard on him when you spend a top 10 pick, you expect somebody who maybe turns into an all pro. Uh, what I think we see with Derek Brown is an above average uh, NFL defensive tackle. And that doesn't live up to the draft capital we spent on him. But I also take great exception with people saying he's a bust. Um, what we saw on Sunday, everybody lost. You know, every single defensive tackle we put out there had an awful week. And I want to say that part of that is it's schematic. So we just talked about Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns. We talked about how well they can get after the passer normally, right? Well, we're running this wide nine defensive scheme where kind of like the wide zone that they were running against us on offense, we've got our front four spread so far out on any given play that the gap that you're asking a linebacker to fill or a gap that you're asking a defensive lineman to maintain integrity on may be several steps away from where they start to play. Uh, and that takes a great amount of athleticism and not to mention, you just have to be that much better than the other guy who knows exactly where he's going. Well, you have no idea where he's going. Uh, so you're, you're taking four down linemen and you're putting them in a situation where they're essentially covering six gaps and you're hoping that your linebackers are athletic enough to get to the hole when necessary. But it, the, again, the scheme that we're running defensively favors rushing the passer more than it does stopping the run. And I hate that we don't have a backup plan. Right, right. When that's not working, when they attack that and against the team, you know, that's going to try to do that. And two, that's kind of their strength with Antonio Gibson is like body blow, body, body, body headshot body 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 headshot that's like a ron rivera and man once we knew once this got into the third quarter and things were ticking down bro and we get we're down seven i guess at the end of the third i was like shit if we don't score on this next drive things could be really ugly because we might not get the ball back but one more time you know what i mean like it's like you don't have that's a ron rivera game right there reduce the amount of possessions um, and I got to give him credit. I want to give Ron Rivera and their coaching staff a lot of credit and Taylor Heineke too. I got to give him a little tip of the cap, a uh, big stage. They came in and pulled it off. You know, the, I think that's a big stage. They're coming off of beating the bucks. They're coming into bank of America, which is hot hype because of cam. They fall behind by seven. That's a Ron Rivera type team. And I got to say this is I believe that uh, Ron Rivera has to give a better halftime speech than Matt Rule. Good Lord. Well, yeah, I mean, we've been losing in the third quarter for <laughs> the entire tenure. Something, something's going I on. I know. I mean, they just tune year. out. I would love to hear All right, that. Uh, Eric, speech. what are the top storylines for you uh, coming out of this week and going into next week? You tell me what we should be talking about. Well, I think we're about to face – Kind of a team that's somewhat similar to us in a strange way like if you really think about where the miami dolphins are personnel wise and you look at them on offense you think that's a fairly similar team now now that we have cam back you know cam is essentially an older tua right i mean Tua is a younger cam whichever way you want to phrase it it's it's not the exact same but you're talking about a guy who can hurt you with his legs as well as his arm you're talking about a guy with minimal time in his system, his new system. You know, I wish I could say that Cam came back to exactly what he left, but he obviously didn't, right? Mm -hmm. 
so Cam is still learning a lot. I was really surprised that he took every single snap at quarterback this week. I was surprised that PJ didn't get involved from time to time because God knows he didn't know the playbook. And like the, the announcers commented at one point, he's essentially taking backyard football plays in his ear and just being told what to do. Uh, so we're going to get better week over week. But when we're talking about the Dolphins, they're a team that has a little bit of a high going right now too. They weren't that good to start the season, but they're improving. Mm -hmm. uh, their defense has been greatly improving. Uh, they really have been rushing the passer well lately. Uh, our offensive line has been playing well lately somehow, which I am so shocked about, but happy to see it. Uh, we're going to have to... We're going to have to correct a few things that we had against the Washington football team that obviously can't continue. We have to get back to basics on defense. We have to preach that gap integrity because Miles Gaskin may not be Antonio Gibson. At the same time, they're capable of running that football with him. They showed it this past week, right? I mean, Gaskin had a pretty good game. So uh, we just have to go in there and assert that we still have that energy from that first game where Cam came back. Uh, if the offense can put up 20-plus points, this defense should be able to win the game. I definitely think we saw the worst uh, performance that we're going to see all year from this defense this past week. But I'm speaking as to this as a person who played defense before. Uh, you take that shit personally. Like, there's, there's, you really do. Like you, when well, you it's clear the Panthers off, have this week. Hmm. It's clear yeah, the Panthers. It's clear the Panthers have, like the players have. In fact, uh, but while we're on that, let me see if I can just put this up, and we'll make it. We'll try to make our show as complicated and cool as possible. Yeah, I uh, mean, you do, you do take it personally because the defense has kind of been looking at the offense all year, right, and saying they're the reason we're losing. Guess what, man? You were just the reason we lost. How do you yeah. respond? Do, do you yeah, think they kind um, of drank the Kool-Aid? Like they walked into that game just thinking this was going to be a, a breeze? They did. Yeah. I, so. I don't know, but here's Shaq Thompson on uh, Monday morning, too. I don't think this isn't even directly after the game. Tell me if you guys can hear this when it does start. It's buffering, buffering, buffering. Of course. Come on, Shaq. I got kids. Damn it. I think I might have heard this. I think he he talked a little bit about how they were, uh, how they felt this was kind of personal and how they know that this was on them and kind of talked a little bit about the things that we've been talking about so far in the show that they messed right. over. There it is. All right. Here we go. And by the way, I think the Panthers really got to. Can you hear that? Yeah. I got two minutes. Darren Gant. Are there, Are there common threads when you look back at the games where you guys have given up a lot of rushing yards, Dallas, Minnesota, New England yesterday, that you can identify and how do you fix those? Do your job. That's all we got to do is do our job and play physical. Would you care to elaborate on that? Do you do our job? Everybody got a gap. Do your job. Stay in your gap. Play physical. <laughs> Matt mentioned earlier today, he, he talked about needing to be more consistent and mentioned veterans having to help play a part in that accountability. How do you do that right now? 
do your job making sure everybody do their job i got so kids gonna come down to it doing your job that's my favorite part we all got kids mofo i'm just here so i don't get fined yeah <laughs> You're gonna tell me it only has two minutes and your only answer is do your job. I know. Oh, what about this? When you only got two minutes and nobody's got a question. Yeah, because your only answer is do your job. I mean, I wouldn't ask him a question either. Yeah, like, all right. Yeah, there's Joe Part. Here's Joe Part. You see that man's face right now? Do you want to ask him questions? Right. Just to be told. Right, I would point. Playoffs and, and so forth. Just kind of needs to be thrown window. And as you say, you got Joe Person just rambling. Your job. Have you heard much talk about playoffs and kind of how would you uh, kind of respond to that? We got to win the games we need to win to talk about playoffs. We got to, you know what I mean? Our playoffs. I know. Actually, I want to stop there. Is uh, first is that my fa- when he said I got kids and Darren Gant. Well, Darren Gant is the biggest smartass on the planet. Like I want to be mad at how much of a smart ass he is sometimes, and but it's always funny. He's always fun. I mean, it's like really funny, even when I'm pissed about it. He said, I got kids too. I'm trying to do my job. <laughs> so he said, I'm just trying to do my job. I mean, by the way, did you see I work for the Panthers? We're on the same team. All right. Um, how, Eric, when when do we look? Is um I try to be a glass half full guy. Um I want I'm rooting for the team to win each week. I am not you know, I'm like a not a Debbie Downer when it comes to th- people like this team sucks, this and that. But I do hear people talking about, oh, we're going to we can run the table still. This doesn't this doesn't mean something. I'm kind of with Shaq here is like, how are we going to talk about playoffs if we don't just win some fucking games, bro? Mm-hmm. Like we just got to win. Like I want to just talk about winning next week mm-hmm. against the Dolphins. What do you think about the playoff talk? I know it's alluring because the Falcons and the Saints are so bad. But do you really are you really even interested in thinking about that far ahead right now? No, and I and I don't think the team is necessarily interested in either. I mean, they're the philosophy they've preached every week so far is this one or no mentality, right? Like win win that week, and then if you do that, then the playoffs will come, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the. Uh, that's the mentality you have to have. You can't look ahead. You have to focus on your opponent. And frankly, I mean, playoff talk for us is very premature. We're still trying to figure out who this team is with Cam now at the helm, which the offense is undoubtedly better. We we certainly, we had zero chance two weeks ago before we signed Cam Newton of going to the playoffs. That's mm-hmm. that's a given in my head. We yeah, I, thought this, I wrote this season off, and I don't oh, like yeah. to do that. I don't do that very much. But after that New England game, and I saw that Giants game, the two of the worst. And I actually, I'm going to ask you this, and uh, still, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but think about this for later in the show because I don't want to put you on the spot too much. Is the New York Giants game, the loss against them, the worst loss in the history of our team? Like the performance. I have an argument for it. I'm sorry. Just put it on the back burner. Let it stew and think about it. I will. I will think about that one. There have been some bad ones in our history, but I'll think about that for a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, so getting back to the the question of playoffs and where do we fit in? We had no chance until we re-signed Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. We did the right thing by bringing him back because I think it was the only shot we had at saving our season at 
if we do get to the playoffs, can we actually do something when we get there? Um, he was the only answer we had. I, I actually liked how PJ played in Arizona, but he's mm -hmm. still not Cam Newton. I think they right. complemented each other well, which was why I was surprised that PJ didn't get any time mm -hmm. against Washington because I thought we kind of had a nice little dual quarterback thing there going. I know you're paying Cam a lot of money, but he's not fully immersed in the playbook yet. Certainly we could have given PJ a few series. Uh, we didn't, it's fine. We scored enough points to win mm -hmm. on Sunday. We just, the, the defense didn't hold up their end of the job. That's, that's the flat truth about it. And if we're going to be a playoff team, I think the offense that we saw against Arizona and the offense that we saw against Washington is good enough for us to win in the playoffs. But this defense has to start carrying their weight. These guys with these big names have to start making splash plays. Uh, I'm not blaming Hassan Reddick at all. He's been splashing all year. But there are other guys on that defensive line who are not playing up to their level. Derek Brown's one of them. Brian Burns is one of them. Um, there are guys in the linebacking core. I think Shaq Thompson has been great since he came back. But there are other guys like Jermaine Carter that need to learn you can't just play on instinct alone. You have assignments and you have responsibilities on every snap. Uh, and quite frankly, this secondary for all the names that we have, it's just not been that impressive, man. Like, we should be able to run with a guy like Terry McLaurin. I know he's a great player, mm -hmm. but when you got Stephon Gilmore, when you got Dante Jackson, when you got AJ Boye, when you have this loaded corner room, we really can't stick with him. I mean, Pressure wasn't bad on Sunday. We got three sacks. We got the Heineke. I think we knocked him down seven times, you know, probably 10, 10 15 pressures. It wasn't bad. He didn't throw that off, and they ran the ball 40 times. Mm. Um, so, yeah, if we're going to talk about being a playoff team, uh, quite frankly, we need to see better out of this defense because they're supposed to be our strength. And they just had a gut check moment against the Washington football team. So what I'm looking for Sunday response if we don't hold the dolphins to less than 17 points then i will be very disappointed and i will think our chances for playoffs are pretty pretty close to nil personally yeah that's that's 17 points that's that that's that break point right there i think statistically it's like 17 points or more you win the game like 83 percent of the time something like that it's our whole team to 17 points or less you win so i mean yeah it, it's the defense uh 100 has got to step it up and i'm not i not by any means talking trash. They've had some good moments, but I just feel like if if we get to the playoffs, because it's still possible with the way the, the the league's playing out right now, is that really what we want? Can we can we really compete? Even if our defense plays better, do we really feel like we're a like a team that can compete in the playoffs? That's the only question I have. And Cam's just getting into the playbook. Um, I think that everybody's getting off. You know, that high from the Kool-Aid they were drinking. Um, so maybe we'll see some changes. But just based on the way we've played, no, I don't think well, the, see, here's, the playoffs is even a good idea for us. Here's where yeah. it's kind of a funky question in a way is this. If we get to the playoffs, that means we got better. Because we ain't getting there playing like this. No. You know what I mean? Like is that that's the deal is like we have not played anywhere close to that. But if we go and beat some big teams on the back end, that means we're growing. And then we can maybe say, all right, we're here. Cam does change it. All right, CK, get in there. Get on the mic. Ask your questions. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, 
I think the the problem we have with the way the team has been playing is obviously there's a lot of question marks. And the one part that we talked about being our our, our kind of our our north star was our defense, and and that's always frustrating to see that go to the wayside. But let me ask you this: I mean, what I noticed the past couple of weeks is an offensive line that is maybe not great, but it has done a much better job than it has really all season long. Um, and so when you, I guess, and forgive me if you guys have already talked about this, but I mean, when you see what this offensive line has done, what is the main difference that you've seen as to what's working for them now that wasn't working for them pretty much all season up into this point? I think it's the run game, quite frankly. We, we have ran the ball very, very well. And uh, because of that, that's decreased the amount of pressure we're having to face, uh, whether it be Cam Newton back there or whether it was any other quarterback before him. Uh, people aren't just knowing that they can stop the run with a base, you know, six or seven men in the box. They know that they have to bring somebody else down and that lesson, right. you know, that creates more opportunities to throw the ball. Um, Do you think it was PJ Walker last week that made them like held them to be honest? I mean, uh, obviously we, or it's the Christian McCaffrey effect. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a multitude of things. I, I think there were two things at play here. The offensive line was demoralized because they realized no matter how well they protected, Sam Darnold wasn't going to get it done. But I'll just I'll level with you because I've been an offensive lineman in the past. When you're protecting nothing, you don't have a lot of, you know, you don't right. have a lot of deal for Nobody's... doing what's already kind of a crappy job. Do you feel uh, like the lack of a of a deep threat is also pretty much causing our offensive line to be underperforming due to the fact that there's nobody who fears our deep threat? Like even like we didn't even take a shot once last week. I mean, the the longest throw was that one to Christian McCaffrey, uh, and and that was you know still what ten fifteen air yards. I mean, and that's I don't think that's an, any fault of of Cam Newton. I think that's honestly by this point, I believe this to be a uh, a game plan. Like it seems as though they don't want the deep ball, and I don't understand why. Um, and maybe I can transition this into this question because. I have been extremely critical of Joe Brady, right? I have been extremely critical. I have felt as though he has not lived up to any hype. He hasn't really provided any spark. It feels like I don't feel like we've won any games because Joe Brady has done, you know, something to make us win. Like that's one of the, just my personal opinion. What do you get as far as the feeling is concerned as, as, as to what Joe Brady's impact is on this offense? And is it actually a positive or do you feel like it's something that is, is is kind of I, I'm trying to I'm the right words elude me, but do you feel like it's just lackluster? Whelming. It's whelming. Yeah. <laughs> it's not underwhelming. It's not overwhelming. It's whelming. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he the problem with in the NFL obviously is you don't know who necessarily is calling the shots, right? Like, right. You don't know if Joe Brady is the one saying we need to limit ourselves on offense. Or if Matt Rule is saying to Joe Brady, let's let's just try to play ball control. You know, we've got a good defense in theory. Let's just see if we can be methodical in how we march down the field and then let the defense win, which I would say going into the Washington game was a, probably a decent strategy. But now I don't feel quite so good about that. Right. Um, I also think they don't quite know what they have with Cam Newton yet. We don't know either. We don't know if he... It ha what his arm is going to look like going deep. Uh, we definitely have questions as far as the offensive line goes talent-wise. But 
I do feel that we are running the ball well enough now that there are going to be some opportunities to take a deep shot. And I don't know if somebody is telling Cam not to do it, if they don't feel comfortable as far as Cam's familiarity with the wide receivers yet, or what it is. There's just so many, there's so many variables. Uh, We do have to start taking those shots though, because the fact that we're getting five yards per carry ish, without a deep ball game is pretty impressive, quite frankly. So I would love to see what this offense could do if we would just uncork a seam route or a a vertical every once in a while to somebody not named Christian McCaffrey. God knows Robbie can burn people. DJ can burn people. I mean, the players are there. I just don't know why we don't – even if we think it's going to be incomplete, just do it to show that you're willing. Didn't he zip one to Tommy Trimble this game? Was yeah, a nice, that was a nice weird vertical route. pattern. It was yeah. a, it wasn't a twenty plus yard play though. He caught that it. was the was that the trick play? That was the that might have been the uh, the pass backwards. Uh, like pass. yeah, yeah, yeah. That might have been it. I mm. think this is um you know I don't even real all right. So I think that if we talk about the deep ball and the entirety of the Panther season, we can see it as a problem, right? Like it just hasn't worked. It hasn't happened. But I don't really, like, I would say Joe Brady called his best game last week on offense. Like, I really felt like he did some cool stuff. I felt like he has been freed from Sam Darnold a bit. And I've been whelmed by Joe Brady myself. Is that, like, I just, everybody coronated him so quickly as the next coming that I just want to say, all right, look, I just want to be good. I don't need him to be fantastic. Like, let's be good. So, I think I'm going to wait a little bit before I start overkilling the deep ball like Cody Lash, our, our, my co-host who's not here tonight. He's very critical of this. And you're right, just try it. But I think they're going to have more faith now that Cam's there to give it a shot because they did try it a lot in the beginning. and It just was not working. I mean, I won't say a lot, but uh, in the games that Sam Darnold played pretty well is actually it was the one those games in the beginning and he almost just in- instinctually threw it downfield like four years ago it feels like and uh like it. week one it was like week one against the jets that's uh so anyway um let's uh shift uh in the last couple of minutes let's shift the conversation to the coaching staff um and obviously you don't know how i guess that might be the question with the coaching staff is like we don't know who's calling the shots but at the same time is the the problem that i i won't say the problem we're an inexperienced coaching staff Let's just go ahead and admit it, is that Matt Rule is a younger coach, kind of a young coach, younger, but he's never been in the NFL, and I don't want to hear, oh, he was an assistant with the Giants and stuff like that. It's okay. He's had he's he's tasted the NFL, and don't tell me that Joe Brady's been in the NFL either. Sitting in the corner as an intern over there beside Teddy Bridgewater when Drew Brees is over there, you might as well be an intern for the Pack. You might as well be a backup quarterback for the Packers. They don't even give the backup quarterbacks for the Packers, the playbook. Kirk Ben Kirk is sitting at home playing PlayStation, trying to learn the playbook because Aaron Rodgers guards it like crazy. He's like, it's in my head. But this coaching staff doesn't have with that. I said a lot is in his, in his head as we have found out. He's done a lot of research, done a lot of research, but um, the coaching staff is uh, inexperienced. It's outside of Phil snow, just because he's old. Um, you know, not a ton of experience. So, look, as I, I really feel like Joe Brady's calling the plays. 
right? I mean, when we look at the communication, Matt Rule's just over there stomping up and down, yelling, you know, looking. (laughs) Exactly. Um, What do you think about this coaching staff and their development? Because, Eric, I was pretty high on them after year one, and not because I thought that they were going to be fantastic, but in a COVID year with limited time, like it didn't seem disorganized. You know, I mean, yeah, you could be like, oh, we should have done this. But it didn't look like they didn't know what the hell they were doing. This year slightly feels like they don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, a little listening to the outside noise is maybe a little bit too much. You know, like in week uh, one or two, we were critical about how much they were using Christian McCaffrey. And then the next week, they're rotating, rotating, rotating. Um, then you get... Uh, the crowd booed them into going for it. Yeah. So how, where do you see, is this Matt rule or Matt fool? Man. All right. So I'm going to go on a very small rant here about that moment that you just talked about. Uh, my personal philosophy, and this is a judgment call, right? This is a, I would say pun it. I think he made the right call to pun it at first. But I would have been totally okay if he just went for it, too. I just want the man to be decisive. Right. The indecision. Yeah. This I is agree. The first time that we've swapped out units only to call timeout and march out the unit we just pulled off the field back on there. And that is so bad for so many reasons. There's the obvious. You burn a timeout. Mm-hmm. But you also burn their psychology, Right. If you have an offense operates on trust, and if you want to go for it, you better not even have the punt team ready. Like you should already have figured out on third down that if we don't get this, we're going to go for it on fourth. No hesitation. Catch that defense off guard. If you go for it in that moment, your chances of it converting are way higher than if you run the punt team out call timeout, therefore giving the defense all the time in the world also to adjust to your goals. And then you try to run a predictable play to Christian McCaffrey. I just want to see decision. I want to see him have a conviction and stick to it. I just don't get the feeling that Matt Rule feels strongly about anything, and that's the thing that bothers me the most about him. Like, If you're going to be wrong, be wrong 100%. But well, by God, don't keep flip-flopping. And it really was embarrassing yeah. to watch him get booed and change his mind. That well, was terrible. And this is one of the things that, you know, I, I mentioned after the post game. I mean, it seems as though he is very like it and maybe it's not even just him. Maybe there's a level of David Tepper does not like this team being unliked, right? I think there might be a level of that as well. But, like, that part, let's be honest, he should have known well before third down. He should have known when that drive started that he was going to go for it if it was a short, you know, down in distance or if it was within 10 yards or whatnot. You should have known that. Like, that shouldn't have been even something that came down to the situation in that moment. You should have started that drive knowing that if I get to fourth down, I'm going for it. If I get to X, right, right. what happens here? What happens yeah. there? Right. Um, that- it was really in a bad situation to begin with. We were yeah. backed up. It was tough. I'm with you, Eric, is that it's not the decision. It's the indecision. Um, I, it was, is that because the fans want to go for it. Cam wants to go for it. You know your right. players. Offense is always going to say go for it. 
right? You know, that's going to be the temperature and, you know, and to give Ron Rivera credit. And this is why I say, man, the stage won't too big for them. That's a Ron. That's Ron Rivera. Didn't do those things. He might've been stubborn as fuck and say, we're going to punt with under two minutes and you're, and it worked that saints game. I don't know if you guys remember, I think it was the rain game. We punted and it was like at the two minute warning and you're like, Oh God. And then we came and went one, but it's that like, intense confidence in your own decision and right now that's the big question mark with this staff particularly matt rule and joe brady for me i mean to the fact that like uh the the media saying well why aren't you running the ball more and then he comes out and says we got to run the ball more and then they run it 40 and it takes two weeks for them to do it and then they don't do it it's just i thought we were on the right track after last year and this year even though we're winning games I don't feel that they are exuding confidence in themselves as much as I need. I would like them to. Right, and and one thing I'll even bring into the into the equation on this too, and it's it's an unpopular opinion. I can tell you that much right now is I almost would have rathered him not sign Cam Newton because that almost feels like another move that was just egged on by the the Panthers fans. Right, it's it's another it's. It's something that I've been listening to our show, dude. (laughs) He's listening to the fans in general, which I know we love that as fans, but in all reality, as a football coach, you want all outside noise to be irrelevant. Right. And, and let's be honest. I mean, we needed Cam Newton. Like, I I think we all agree on that, but I think it also just shows a pattern of somebody who's like you said, indecisive, who doesn't know what he like, if he's, if he's like, if he made the right decision or not. Right. He, he's he's been constantly second guessing it. He, again, we've been all calling for Teddy to not be the quarterback after that first year. But I mean, at the same time, you didn't give Teddy a second year. Right. You signed him the three year deal. And I don't care if you say that it was Herney or not. It was a rule decision. It was a Brady decision. And you gave up on him after a year. Sam Darnold, it sounds like they're going to be doing the same thing, possibly, even though they're in the position where they're. Oh, they're hell yeah. He's done. He ain't never playing for the right. Panthers again. bro. Right. I thought it looked funny seeing him stand by the sidelines. He, they didn't even like, show him. They just showed half of his face yeah. on the thing, like yeah. he was hiding. That dude might as well not even be standing on the sidelines. He, yeah. he is, he is dead to paid. the organization, the fan base. It doesn't matter if he actually is on the roster or not. It's uh, it's over. His career is over. I mean, I, I hate it for him, but whatever happened in his psyche in the Dallas game, uh, he'll never recover from that professionally. It's, it's right. done. Um, yeah. I do. So I want to say that, yeah, was the decision to sign Cam Newton motivated by the fans? Well, of course, we were calling for it. But let's also be real that Cam Newton was the only guy sitting on a couch waiting to have a contract that could possibly do anything for any team losing grip on its season right now. There was not an offensive lineman to be signed. There is not any other players just sitting out there on his rump that can make a difference in a single signing like Cam Newton could. We had a big problem at quarterback and the only feasible solution was Cam Newton. So that was, in my opinion, uh, something that would not have happened in the old regime. That Agreed. Did here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was happy to see some personal growth, if you want to call it, uh, within the organization to say we screwed up, but to do something that's good for the team let's bite that bullet and bring cam in and see if we can't salvage the season it it was the only thing they could do now they could have not done it and we could have lost every other game that we played and i guarantee you we would have i guarantee you we probably only would win one or two more 
Um, or we could do the one thing that bring, makes this team interesting again. And by God, I mean, two games in, we can say right now, weirdly, that the offense and the offensive line, mind blown, is not the problem right now. Uh, so the defense has the personnel to be better. They're young. We're kind of waiting for that youthful, uh, that aha moment, you know, where they kind of all put it together, where they feel like they're really a unit out there and they they recognize that their athletic talent is superior and that they just have to play the way they've been coached, or at least the way we hope they're being coached, mm -hmm. and that they can win football games. Because I'm here to tell them, and if they're listening right now, I hope they are listening, you guys are talented. This defense is supremely oh, yeah. talented. Just play within yourself. Yep. Do what you're being taught to do schematically. Honor your gap assignments. I know that's not a sexy thing to do, but by God, it's the way you win football games. Mm -hmm. Just be the players that you've been your entire lives, and the wins are going to come. I, I want to, um, going forward in this season, so I guess you're right, is that Cam Newton is the only guy that could make a difference. Um, and you also are right that this is a, um, an institutional change in us, like not just quitting or not quitting. We don't, we never quit, but we like, we just like never tried to adjust on the fly. I actually think the real move that shows this is Stefan Gilmore, uh, and the C and CJ Henderson, even though CJ Henderson hasn't done anything. As soon as JC Horn went down. This team said we can't let this whole defense go to waste because of an injury. Despite, I mean, like a and a, a Ron Rivera team, and arguably that's what Ron Rivera's doing by starting Heineke or something like this. Is he would have just said next man up, and we would have just dealt with it, or at least that's how I felt like we would have. It does feel like there's a change. Sense of urgency. I, yeah, I, I do. My question, I guess my, it's more of a point, and this is like I almost need the coaching staff to grow as quickly as this team grows. And I'm not trying to say they can't and they're the shit and they're, or they're awful. I'm not trying to dump on them. But the we need progression from them just like a player and come in and from their first year to their second year. They need a good back end to this season, and they had the opportunity here in Bank of America to start kind of that trend. And that's where I'm, I'm looking towards is this team playing better. And there is a lot of execution stuff, but man, this staff's got to get them clicking. And um, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's also a continuity problem too. You know, you've got Stefan Gilmore is just playing his third game. Uh, CJ Henderson came in partway through the year. Cam Newton, been here for two weeks. Uh, I mean, the, all these people were not here with us in training camp. So even if we have made up some time, they're still not as far along as these guys that have been here the whole time. But yet we're relying on them disproportionately, even though they only know half of what they should. Uh, it's it's a it's going to happen eventually kind of thing. And maybe this all bears fruit next year. But if the, if the if the word inside that building is we're still playing for the playoffs this year, then the, the moves were necessary, but it may take some patience on people's parts. That's all I want to say on that. 
Are they going to be able to afford this team next year? I mean, it's got to be this year. We do get a lot of money. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to have a lot of free agency money. But the problem is we're going to have a lot of free agents. Right. And Hassan Reddick is going to command a bazillion dollars. Mm -hmm. Every sack he gets. Um, All right. uh, Let's let Eric uh, run with this question. It's uh, we're halfway through the season. What do the Panthers need to do in this back half, in the back nine or whatever we're at, kind of, um, for that growth? Even if it's not playoff, you know what I'm saying? Where, where, what does this Panthers team need to do in the back end? They need to beat one team that people don't think they will. Uh, I think that's the most important. They need to beat a team where they are truly, A healthy team. Yeah, they need to beat a healthy team with their starting quarterback, uh, that is that is a game that when walking into everybody saying ah, they don't really have a chance. Uh, all it's going to take is one premier win, and I do think you have that chance of that youth believing in itself. I mean, I think I said this earlier that the talent is there. I think there is a lack of confidence, and I think there is a you know when you're 23 years old, the worst thing that can happen to you is not believing in yourself. Uh, right now, I don't think that a lot of that locker room feels comfortable because the defense that thought they weren't the problem all year long just found out that, hey, you you might be the problem. Um, and I think we saw that in Shaq's face uh, in that press conference. Like, he looked a little bit shell-shocked, you know, and it's not like they had the train run on him, but at the same time, like, they had been saying, they basically had been looking at Sam Darnold and going, that's your guy. We've been keeping you in games. That's your problem. Now, all of a sudden, they fail on a spectacular level, and everybody goes, uh, we changed the guy. We gave you 21 points. Why did you give them 190 rushing yards? You know, it, it's a that is a that is one of those moments where you can either respond, and we're going to find out this weekend. You're either going to show what you're made of and make a statement against the Dolphins, a team that you should be able to beat, or you're gonna lie down and die. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the way. I feel uh, the good news is, is that uh, with the NFL, it's a coin flip each and every week this year. Uh, it's crazy. It's like the harder. It's the most bizarre year in the NFL, in my opinion, I've ever seen. Trying to figure out who's gonna win. And if here's my prediction on that team that we can beat, that we shouldn't beat, it's the Bills. Man, one week they're the best team in the league, and the next week they're just bumbling idiots. I don't understand what's going on. I saw that they broke Pro Football Outsiders DVOA or like whatever from week to week is <laughs> the like the algorithm. So, Eric, fantastic stuff uh, tonight. Tell them how they can find your work uh, uh, on Catch Reader, which is a great read for everybody. If the, I mean, this got to be the longest running blog out there. This is the Panthers blog to go check out. But check, tell them how they can find your work, not only there, but also social media. Well, as you said, catscratchreader.com. We've been around for a very long time. We've got a good staff. We've got a pretty good following out there. You know, it's it's. I don't want to say it's a well-kept secret because we definitely have a lot of traffic. But if you want a source of news that isn't all rosy all the time, that's more realistic, I think we're the ones bringing it. I think a lot of other sources – put a pink lens on it a lot and we kind of tend to tell like it is so catscratchreader.com that's where you can find me that's where you can find all of us and uh, on twitter my handle is at tater 596 t-a-t-e-r 596 i mostly talk about fat people so if you like talking about fat people 
And let me, it all comes from a place of love because I'm a fat man too. I talk a lot about the offensive and defensive lines, which, you know, that's something that a lot of people want to know more about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you want to, if you want to get an opinion, that's not the popular one, you probably come to me because quite frankly, I still love you, Derek Brown. I still love you. A lot of people out here don't. I still love you. I'm here to say it if you're watching. I do think he is a guy you want to have on your team in a bar fight. Like, he gets angry on the field. I like yeah. that at the very I minimum. Smash through the bar. Like, I think yeah. he can create shrapnel if he smashed through the bar and, like, take out the bar fight. Yeah, he's a country, country strong. Thanks. Great stuff, Eric, man. We'll check up with you in the future, man. I, I, I Believe me, I'll be messaging you. <laughs> I'll, be, no I'll be messaging. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, thank you. All right. Uh, Eric Summers, Cat Scratch Reader. Uh, good stuff there. The Fat People Connection. Um, I do want to, and, and Nick, if you're listening out there, did not forget uh, your message. He said this, and I'm, I wanted to pull up the Hassan Reddick, but I'm going to kind of try to power through. Says he sent me a Joe Person tweet and it said Hassan Reddick says the Panther leaders need to throw out the buddy buddy stuff aside and hold everyone accountable. I wonder to what me, he was in. I hear I hear that is a shot against this coaching staff personally. Really? Yeah. Against yeah. the coaching staff? I that's what I hear because like here's the thing is number one, I feel, I feel like, like you he's have talking a, about the guys beside him. I mean, yeah, but I also think that, you know, when you hear the leaders on this team need to get done with the buddy-buddy, like, I think personally the leaders on this team are Matt Rule. Right? I mean, maybe the on this team would elude to it being the team, right? But, like, Matt Rule is the leader, right? So, I mean, hmm. and, and let's be honest. I didn't I, read it like that. This is awesome how you can read. Everybody can look at something and get a different message. I think yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. I read mine like Tony. Like I, I didn't hear it like that either. But I see your. Point. I was I was thinking he was talking about like Jermaine Carter. I mean yeah. Jermaine Carter. That secondary. Um, like, I mean they're fucking around. Like y'all hold yeah. your like the bag, bro. Y'all better do what you're supposed to do. Interesting. Mm -hmm. The number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. We'd love for you to be part of the conversation. Let's go ahead and jump into the cat calls, guys. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like a three and a four and who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? What's up, Panther Nation C3 Podcast, man? It's Coach Kurt here and no, uh, first time caller, long time listening through Thank Spotify. Thank you, bro. Uh, I just want to make a statement. You know, um, we, we lost, all right? But we can say it's because of our defense now. We can't say, we can't say, like, our offense wasn't performing. Right. We can't say, you know, uh, we have a bad quarterback. Or, I mean, Joe Brady did make a questionable call there at the end not to have CMC. And for, you know, a play that obviously we need a hand, we need our all hands team on there on the offense at the time. But, you know, all I'm saying is really that I prefer to lose with a good offense under Kim Newton and to know that our defense can just have bad days and not have the excuse that they're just always on the field. Great call. Like we have, you know, liabilities on there. I mean, Dante Jackson, we've been talking about him. Well, being the stud he is, 
like paint him now and stuff like that. I mean, he's getting burnt all day, you know. Just saying it feels good to have an offense and to see that we have more flaws than just our quarterback position. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if Bucks lose Monday, I guess Giants probably not. They didn't. But, I mean, you know, Brady's kryptonite is the Giants under Eli Manning, obviously. But we'll see what the hell happens. Um, Saints lost, Dolphins lost, but you know, there's like five teams in contention for those wild card positions now because everybody's at like either even or one over, you know. So we'll see what happens. And I'm going to keep calling in and keep uh, keep listening to you guys. Great first call. You got to keep calling in. The number is 252-228-5098. I agree with the uh, call in one way and disagree in another. Mm. The way I agree okay. is this, is that – um. Look, is that we have not been as, as downtrodden after this loss as we would have been or as we were after the Patriots loss. Because it looked like the thing was so broken it couldn't be fixed after the Patriots because the offense was awful. The defense had to play perfect. And even if they did play perfect, the offense was so bad it didn't matter. Right. So I right. think yeah, I, I agree 100 on this is that the – Injection of life, the fact that Cam Newton has scored five touchdowns in five quarters or or whatever, whatever, like uh, the two games, and we hadn't scored any touchdowns, that alone gives us hope. And like you've said, Greg, is this symbol on my planet means hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the offense seems hopeful. It doesn't seem destined for failure. Right. Um, and you hope that it is the defense that could uh, be having a bad day. You hope that they can improve it and get better from week to week or something like that. Um, So I don't think all is lost. Where I disagree with the call is, man, I don't don't even really want to think about the playoffs till we just win. It's like, is that, man, yeah, if the Bucs would have lost, it would have been, I guess it would have been easier for me to talk about the playoffs. But I felt like we really... Should have. I mean, we want Cam Newton comes back against Cart and the, the Cardinals. We went on the road. We're coming home. There's all this excitement. Ron Rivera's coming back. It's time for this team to make a statement that says we're going to get better this week and we're going to get better next week and we're going to go and earn our playoff spot. And we came out and lost. Mm-hmm. And we just, I won't say we shit the bed. I don't like that because there wasn't, the whole game wasn't all bad. But I just wish, like, we need to catch some momentum, and you don't catch momentum with L's. They, they didn't come up big when they needed to come up big. There were certain plays they needed to come up big yeah. and make Fourth a stop. Fourth and whatever. Third yeah. and 20, yeah. yeah. You know, you talked about in the opening of the show, and you were asking, you know, all season long, realistically, what has this defense done? And, you know, I, I'm thinking about it the whole time, and you're absolutely right. Like, we haven't really criticized the defense that bad this year. Because we they've, been screen, they've been screened behind the offensive line. Now the now that we've, I don't want to say we fixed the offensive line, but the best thing we could have done for the offensive line was put a competent quarterback that can deal with a yeah. somewhat broken offensive line behind it, which we did. So we put the best we did the best thing to do to get the offensive line fixed. Now it's not the focus because everybody's always going to want to point a finger at somebody for a loss, you know. Uh, and and now the defense is 
exposed. Like it, it and I don't want to say they're exposed because I do love this defense. Like, yeah, I, I think that right, they but have they haven't shown potential. us that they're great. They're not coming up in big, big moments. Big, big and moments is what I need. Do you remember how many people shit on rule at the end of that Vikings game because he said the defense could have stopped at the end? I think it was the Vikings game. Um, it was like you could have made a stop and you didn't. And everybody's like, well, the defense gave you all the momentum the whole game. And they were right. The defense did. But, like, at some point, the defense has got to come up when it matters. Yeah. Um, I and so just the, I just think the whole team needs to come up when it matters. It's like this. is I don't care. If we would have won this game by one point, I wouldn't have gone, oh, this defense stinks. Mm-hmm. I would have said, man, sucks that they ran on us and McLaurin got the best of Dante. I'm glad we won. W's. W's is how you catch momentum, not excuses, not could-as, would-have been, and should-have been. Zach Baker in the Super Chat, thank you. We never asked for the money, but we always appreciate it. You can find ways to donate in the PayPal and stuff down at the bottom if you like. I thought it was a little shallow by Matt Rule kind of blowing off Brady Christensen's performance the other day when asked about it in the interview. Oh, my God. Yeah, did, didn't he score Where was this question high? when – Freaking Eric was oh, here. I yeah. was specifically rem- was trying to, and if this is where, if I had my wheel, make Cody last year because he loves some Brady Christensen. Yeah, um, Brady Christensen came in. I think he was the highest rated player at his position on the, the offensive line. Yeah, like I think here. Let me channel my inner Cody last name. All right. The problem with this coaching staff right here is that they didn't have the confidence to put in a younger player at the beginning and let him take his lumps. They had to wait and wait. Can I bring up Andrew Norwell, who it took to get an injury to come and become a starter? Brady Christensen was drafted to be a player on this team. And while they didn't believe because of his short arms, that he could play left tackle. He played left tackle in college, and we have bums, bums, and bums playing left tackle for us him, all Cody. season. Get him, Cody. And Brady Christensen is the person that could become the answer, but you won't know he's the answer until you try it out. Oh, you didn't. And he probably would have said something way on. cooler. He probably would have said <laughs> something cooler. Yeah. No, I, I felt that. Yeah. Sound like Cody, <laughs> but no, this is this um, is a great point uh, of him just blowing us off. What, what is Matt Rule's deal? It's, it seems like he just blows off talent like that a lot, and it seems like whenever he does compliment somebody, they're, they're undeserving of it, and it usually means they're gone, right? So it's first, him, I would be very happy about, if is him not um, talking about it a good thing. That means yes, keep Brady Christensen. Yes, okay. that means he's not being cut. Like if uh, if Matt Rule tells you he likes his Christmas present, he don't like it. Yep. You got the wrong. Oh, he'll be like, oh, your picture's pretty to his little girl. And you're like, oh, fuck. The trick is you don't want to hear him compliment it, but you'll see him playing with it later. And like, okay, yeah, I know he likes it. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, um, you know, I don't think uh, I won't go as far as to say that he blew it off. Actually, you know what? Maybe you're right, Zach. Maybe he did blow it off. Because this organization is a little bit about saving face. Right, is they they don't want to tell you they made a mistake, even though they know they have to admit it sometimes. And what I mean is that they're not above telling you. But here's the thing: is that if he comes out and says Brady Christians played real well, man, we're real happy about it, this and that. Is that what's the next question? Is why did you play him last week? Why didn't you play him the week before? 
Yeah, but is, isn't that as a, as a head coach, shouldn't you be able to answer that somehow? Like, I mean, honestly, just be honest with them. Be like, honestly, we, we didn't have trust. Don't in be any scared of the question. And, How about yeah, exactly. that? Exactly. Exactly. Don't Answer be scared of the question. question. You should say this is, you know what? We expect every player to play well when we put them in. His number was called. We're excited about the progress moving. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Don't dodge the dodging. The question actually makes us answer as follow up questions. Mm -hmm. But I still think this with the Sam Darnold mess is I think the injury to IR is all to show that they were going to like, they wanted to bench him. I think injury to IR is a way of him exiting and their mistake being lessened. Well, do you also think it's a little bit to, to even though nobody believes it, I don't, I don't know if nobody believes it. It makes, just makes him look better. Makes him feel better. Like, like the guy can say, well, I didn't get benched. I, yeah. I, I no, that's, it makes you look yeah. better. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. And that I do think they are. And we know this team, and this coaching staff is susceptible to outside noise and influence. Let's go to the next call. Number is 252-228-5098. Hey, man, it's uh, Tyler from Spruce Pond. What's up, Tyler? Um, just wanted to share some of my thoughts on the game. Uh, it's currently Monday. But uh, yesterday after the game, I immediately just said, you know, I'm not mad about it. Uh, yeah, our defense played like shit. Uh, they See, this is because we are – heartened uh, the most by dire situations hope. When we need them but um it was a competitive football game i think washington played the best some of the best football that they've played all year um obviously they beat the bucks but i don't necessarily think that beating the bucks was a fluke i think they're a good football team i think they're a well-coached football team um and discipline they play good defense now uh, that doesn't mean that I miss Ron Rivera because I definitely don't. I think it was time for Ron Rivera to leave. I think the team quit on him that year. I think when a team quits on you, um, that that's a sign you probably need to go. So uh, I do still believe in Matt Rule. I don't know if I believe in Joe Brady. I don't think Joe Brady's going to be here regardless next year, uh, whether – we continue to have an offensive outing like we did Sunday, which what I thought was a great outing. Uh, I think Cam Newton coming in, playing on uh, nine practices, uh, been on the team for 10 days, uh, had an excellent showing. I thought we ran the ball well. Uh, I, I think there were some questionable third down play calls, but you know, at the same time, man, I, I just think Washington played their asses off, and, and we still had a chance to win there at the end. So I, I'm not really mad goes about back it. to our um, defense. I, I think in reality, if you look at it, last year we had five wins. Uh, this year, <clears throat> excuse me, this year we already have five wins. I think we're going to steal a few more. Whether or not we make that wild card spot, I don't know. But if Cam keeps playing like this, you have to re-sign him. Um, and then next year during the draft, I know that we only have like one pick in the top 100, but uh, I, I think you try to make some of those picks back and reload this offensive line. I, I just think we have to, you know, spend some money in free agency on good offensive linemen um, and uh, draft an offensive tackle in the first round. Do some of those things, keep Cam a few more years, uh, and I think we'll be all right. So uh, I do think that we've, Found once again our franchise quarterback for maybe the next four or five years. I'm encouraged. 
Thank you so much for the call, Tyler from Spruce Pines. Two things that stick out to me about that call is one is this continued um, things are not as bad is that we don't feel worse than we do after this loss. That has been a common denominator, I think, through the temperature of this show, Um, a little bit through the temperature of the post game, probably a little less of the post game. People are always emotional. We're always emotional in post game. But like all the callers, all the panelists, have been, you know, hey, this sucks, but it's not as bad as it was two weeks ago. And that's because that symbol of hope on the offense. And it really just means is it, it looks like this is that the offense could give us a chance. So now the defense does need to um, tow their load, which they've been doing in some cases, but they had an opportunity to help us out third and 20 or whatever, fourth and six. You know what I mean? Like, is that one of, one of those plays? If they would have just broke Heineke's back in that pretzel play, yeah. he wouldn't have gotten the fourth down conversion afterwards. So the hope is one thing going forward. And the other point to the call was at the end is, I, I think it's it. Oh, yeah. It comes back to this. Of what I, like I said, defense has got to. It's Ron Rivera was right. It comes down to two or three different plays. Mm-hmm. Two or different three plays change the 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 context of that game. And I know that it, that's un. It's not happy to people. You know, it's not like re- re- fulfilling to people to say, "Oh, this and that." But it's like, man, one fourth down conversion could alter the whole complexity of the game. One being this, and not to put it only on the defense. Christian McCaffrey not run the route deep enough. And nobody's going, people don't want to say it, right? Because Christian McCaffrey does everything right. Mm-hmm. So you'd be like, oh, well, Cam Newton threw it short. Well, no, I mean, like everything right. went wrong there. He didn't throw it, to, didn't go far enough. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, Greg. Can I comment on towards the end of that call, what he's talking about, about uh, Keith signing Cam Newton, playing that he's playing yeah. well and he'll stock up on the offensive line. I, I agree. I 100%, that's where they should be focused. Laser focused on, on moving forward because Cam Newton, if he's playing like he does, ha- has a few years left in him easily. Okay. So build the offensive lineup, then bring the next guy in for Cam Newton to usher him in with a young offensive line. We're a young team. Problem is, what are you going to get rid of for those offensive linemen? Like, Tony, right now, I can tell you that I'll give you a left tackle uh, that's going to be a solid a- B plus A player, solid left tackle for the next 10 years. What are you willing to give up for him right now? Everything at this point, Everything. because the thing is, this is nobody gives up good offensive linemen. Yeah, nobody does it. That that's that's no that's one my does only fear. it. I don't think anybody on the roster is safe because if, if that's the, what right. they want to go fear with. Here is this is that we are more of a rebuild team than we want to admit we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that we're not going to have the picks to to kind of propel us. I next mean, to year. be to be honest, we're not that much of a rebuild team. Like if you bring you need a lot him, of offensive line, the like offensive lot, line is the only thing. Center, though. left tackle, two guards. We need four starting offensive line men right, right. away. But when you think about four. a rebuild, you're looking roster wide typically. Rebuild typically starts from the ground up, and right now we've got a lot of the key pieces. The problem I have right now is how do we maintain next year? Like yeah. if, if we well, don't maybe we do this. Maybe we draft a. Left tackle in the big, or we draft a offensive lineman. All of a sudden, Brady Christensen is starting, and you go and pay big dollars for somebody in free agency. That's the question. Don't eat that nug. Don't eat that nugget. Yeah, don't eat it. I have to say this: 
is that the Panthers that didn't give us any picks in the draft to be excited about, uh, except for week night one, shame on them. Shame on you guys. If you have not hit that like button, we have 143 people watching. Only half of you guys have hit the like button. That is just, that's just unacceptable. And just because of that, I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to give you guys some subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. It's free, folks, to uh, smash the thumbs up button. It's uh, free to subscribe. It's free to tell uh, somebody about uh, the podcast. All you got to do is hit share. Um, I do it for a lot of people that, uh, that I care about. Right, because like, hey, I'm too cheap to give you money, homie. But I can give you my time and attention. And thank you for your time and attention. 144 people watching right now, man. Being a part of our lives, my life, very important to me. And actually, I should do this. Is I want to wish all these 144 people a happy turkey day. And uh, I might even have... Here's a little... Let's talk turkey. An educational film strip presented by. And he's run two of them back this year. Third and six. Romo up the pocket. He is picked off. It's intercepted by Kurt Coleman. And Coleman breaks the tackle. He's at the 10. He gets around Witten. And he's going to find the end zone. Carolina, 59 yards. Second and 13. Romo. Pocket seal. Able to throw it. And he's intercepted by Keekly. Keekly inside the 20 to the 10. And to the end zone for another Panther Happy Thanksgiving, folks. Happy Thanksgiving from the C3 Panthers podcast, bro. Um, that was Beautiful. the greatest Thanksgiving in the history of the world. Oh like, I'm gosh. telling you. That was such makes, a good one, dude. Makes the separatists dying and starving in Plymouth Rock even jealous of how good the Thanksgiving can be because they were just thankful that they got to survive the winter because these Native Amer- the Native Americans helped them out. We got to be happy that we defeated the damn Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was one of Romo's last games, too. Uh, I think that, so. that might have ended his career, actually. That was the one where Thomas Davis broke his collarbone again, wasn't it? No, was it the arm? And then he played in the Super Bowl? No, no, no. With, I'm talking about Thomas Davis broke Tony Romo's. Oh, yes, on. yes, 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 and yes. And was that yes. the game that that happened? Yes, and that ruined his career. And it was oh, like his no, first you game remember, back, I think. You remember that, what ruined his career was a back injury. That was what put Dak in. Okay. Yeah. Um, What a great Thanksgiving. Full of turkey. Oof. Um, shout out uh, to Nirvas. Trading away all those picks after not fixing the ofi- ofi- offensive line is criminal. It's, it's true. criminal, especially with Sam Darnold being the majority of those picks. It is the... That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. It is the stupidest thing I ever heard to trade away picks and why you didn't pick an offensive lineman in the draft. At some point, the offensive line is not going to make itself better by itself. You got to put some... And by the way, Nirvas, that your statement was not the stupidest thing I ever heard. 
them not addressing the offensive line is the stupidest thing I ever heard. All right, let's go to the next call. Actually, let me see which one we're on. Maybe this one. What's going on, C3 Nation? It's your boy, JM, sending y'all up. Um, yeah, man, Um, the whole, you know, the whole Sunday, you know, that's been, you know, that's been done and over with, man. It's time to move on. Hopefully, the boys will get it together and, you know, you know, get it together and get some wins. You know, hopefully we get nine wins. You know, if we get to the playoffs, that's good. But if we get just like nine wins, I think that'll be great. And I'll, you know, for Cam, I hope he plays great so we can have him back next, you know, next year and stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, me, y'all know me and this coaching staff, I can't stand this coaching staff. I think the coaching staff is, is bad. I don't think they have improved anything that's you know, the thing it's think. not about it's about improvement they're not improving Bill snow has improved the defense right but i don't think you know he has he, he they got talent but at the same time the you know with the coaching staff the discipline ain't there and usually you're supposed to improve your discipline i mean like with these penalties it's crazy like i'm looking at the stat and i'm you know, I know we shouldn't compare him to Ron Rivera, but it's going to happen. I mean, if you look at Ron Rivera, um, you know, first year to his second year, you know, in coaching, you know, Ron Rivera had the most, you know, he had the seventh most penalties. His team had the seven most penalties in 2011. You know, then he ended up next year having the 10th fewest, you know, penalties you know, all of, you know, in the whole league. And I mean, if you look at throughout the whole Ron Rivera era, you know, for fewest penalties, they were in the top 10. And I didn't think that. I didn't, I'm be honest, I had to look this up and I was even, and I was even like, wow, like I didn't know they was in top, you know, top 10 of fewest penalties. But if you look at Coach Rule last year, they was like, what, 13th? In penalties, ninety first. I'm like, that's bad on coaching. You know, that's terrible right. coaching. And that whole DB, DB, DOB or whatever, DBO beat yourself. I'm like, dude, that it wasn't working during the summer. The fans didn't bought it. The players didn't bought it, and it was just trash. Was a college idea. So he got to do better than that in coaching this play. That's all in coaching. At the same time, man. Other than that, it's Thanksgiving week. You know, of course, six years ago, we all remember Cowboys, you know, Panthers versus Cowboys. Ah, I want y'all, what, what y'all thought about, thought about that game? What y'all memory about that whole thing? I, Man, here's I what I'll tell you. Like, the the part about this is, like, with with Matt Rule and the the issues with the penalties – is something that we've talked about. And, you know, I, I hate to be this guy, right? Hindsight is always twenty twenty. Yep. I do believe it was time to move on from Ron Rivera. But I will say, like, we got to remember what we moved on from. We moved on from a guy who took a, a, a dying franchise in 2011, and he yep. brought them into relevance within three years mm -hmm. with the help of a guy named Cam Newton, right? So, I mean, you've got to put that in there as well. And what had happened 
is we had a great year in 2015. We had a bad year in 2016 after Cam Newton had gotten hurt um, after a little while. I don't remember exactly when it happened. But then you saw them come back, and they did a different thing with Cam Newton in 2017, and mm-hmm. it worked really well. Like, Cam Newton had his highest percentage com- completion percentage he'd ever had in his career in that year. And we went to the playoffs, and we lost to the Saints in the playoffs for the third time that year. They swept us, and that was what had happened. And then what happened in 2018? Cam Newton got hurt. He couldn't throw the ball. We just had a really bad year. It was a hurt Cam Newton. It was clear that was the all-or-nothing year. 2019 comes around, and then you know Cam Newton breaks his foot. And so what we have is Ron Rivera, when he has a quarterback that is a good quarterback, he took that team that team was a good team for the most part like and i think there's a lot of this we talk about football being a great team sport well i think football is truly that because i think our offense plays well based on what our defense does and our defense plays well based on our offense right this past game you would have thought the complete opposite because of what happened but i think like when you look back i again i hate to be this guy i'm not sitting here saying we need to get we we made a mistake letting ron go but you got to look back and think we let Ron go after he had two years of a hurt quarterback. His his most important piece to his entire team, two years, you had Luke on a decline. You had Thomas Davis getting a little bit older. Like, you're holding on to a lot of this talent. Like, there's definitely things that were contributing here that I think you can put on Ron Rivera. But for the most part, when you look at what Ron Rivera did with this team, I think it's fair to say that, you know, he might have gotten the short end of the stick even given the people that he had, I mean, you got to keep in mind, who did he have playing quarterback in 2019? Well, is, you know, there's ifs and we could have should have, right? Um, Right. I do think you're right. Look, is this, is like, let's not uh, shit on Ron, not, and not anybody is shitting on Ron. Here, here's the thing is, the decision to move on from Ron may have been right but the decision to hire Matt Rule may be wrong, right? Like, I mean, like, it's like they don't have to be the same. And I do think, look, is I, I think, you know, who agrees with you more than anybody is Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera is, he's more salty than I expected him to be about the way he lost with the Panthers. And I think he is, holds a, there's some animosity between him and Cam a little bit. You think um, so? Like oh my yeah a slight not like crazy but there's something there because when you heard the con go and li- go watch my reaction video to Ron Rivera's press conference on the C3 channel when he called Charlotte Media and they just said this they were like tell me about a moment with Cam it was like a great moment or something that like sticks out to you and the dude went back to the fact that like when I went into his to go draft him I was like man this guy's got a good family. And it was like he expected them not to be a good family. He right. expect, it was just like kind of this weird, like, what do you mean? Like, uh, the, you went to the Super Bowl with this cat, and you can't tell me one. Uh, I, mean, I, I don't know. And maybe it's, and I am Mama Cam. I'm defending Cam at every turn. So I'm sitting there going, you better talk good about my son. Like that type of thing. So I understand that. I just felt like, I do feel like this is Ron feels that he got fired because of what because Cam was, was hurt. And I wonder, and we do know that Cam may have misrepresented that injury a little bit with his foot to the team. And then Ron took a little hit for playing him anyway because he tried to tell them it wasn't that bad. 
you know, and maybe I, maybe he sees his demise as a head coach linked to Cam Newton's injuries. But do like, you really? Like TK saying, can you really? Oh, you're talking about his demise as a head coach in Carolina, not just yes. overall. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like his that this is that he really is a good head coach. That he had some tough set of circumstances, but instead he kind of got th- baby thrown out with the bathwater. Yeah, I mean, I can get that, but at the same time, if you're gonna, yeah, you could be upset with the situation. Maybe say Cam's injury was the reason why what what started your decline in Carolina and was ultimately what put you out. But wasn't Cam Newton's injury your fault to begin with because you failed to protect him his entire career? Well, I think that you know, um, partially, I, I won't go that far. Uh, because, and yes, is that, look, is that the Panthers didn't do a great job in doing a lot of that, right? I mean, like, so there is some of the onus of responsibility, like, going back. And I will say that and this is actually what I got mad about with Ron with that call, is that, like, Cam kind of saved your job a lot of years. You know, like, if you would have had an average quarterback that couldn't right. survive behind a line like that, you wouldn't have been anything. Right. Is Cam, I always said that he was a luxury, like he's like a blessing that you don't, it's like your health. You don't know how important it is until you don't have it. And he allowed us to have shitty offensive lines. Like you, if you have Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, you can't get away with that. And they're the fantastic, like they would have been injured. They would have been, you know what I mean? It just wouldn't have worked. And you would have invested in. So there was, an institutional failure because we could we could get away with it right with cam um but at the same time i don't think that he's responsible like that foot injury like we heard some weird things about it at the end where cam tried to say like he wasn't that hurt and stuff like that i don't know i think ron is a little bitter I mean, I guess it could be, but I feel like I feel like it's a lot of stuff you kind of you contributed to the fall. Of, I mean, I, I feel like Cam Newton could reciprocate that feeling the exact same way. Like maybe you were the cause of my demise in Carolina because you're the one that you're partially part of the reason that I got injured. You know, that's kind of a bad. I, I don't see anything between them. Maybe I didn't hear. No, that not yeah, no, not but, but yeah. All right, you're right, you're right, and it's kind of hard. I'm trying to yeah, read exactly. between the lines so much, mm-hmm. but I just don't feel like Ron was just straight glowing about his time with Cam. Do you think that, um, I mean, and this could be wrong because I know Cam was injured that year. Do you think that there's anything that was going on that caused Ron to be fired? Do you think David Tepper fired him because Ron Rivera was losing Cam Newton in the locker room? Do you think Cam Newton said anything and that maybe leads to that animosity? No, no, I don't think that. What I do think is, and I actually will say the biggest stain on Rivera, not stain, but what he could be learning, like you want everybody to get better, right? Like that. That's I. I just want everybody to remember this. If Joe Brady isn't the master play caller on week on day one, that doesn't mean he's a bum. Right. If uh, Matt Rule doesn't win this week, it doesn't mean he's a bum. Like we want to see like what the story is for these people. Now, Ron's story was pretty good here in Carolina. Right. There's like a good but it was not without its own questions. Look, Ron Rivera was on the hot. I always say this. Ron Rivera coach. You want Ron Rivera to coach well is tell him you're going to fire him next week. Right. And he'll coach the shit out of that team as every. That's why they play good in November and December. 
They back into the playoffs. They do this. They like have this. Like when he thinks he's going to get fired, hell, even this year in Washington, you could even say that maybe. What I think Ron did is allowed the roster to become too veteran. And we talked with Louis T last week and about him learning from that or hopefully learning from that. I think the Panthers were just old and stale. Cam was hurt. And Ron Rivera was kind of like living on his, resting on his laurels. I think that's why he got fired. And it just needs to change. I do want to point out this. If you're looking on your screen right now, there's some merchandise. And when I say merchandise, I'm not like a good salesman. In fact, I am the worst salesman. I hate selling shit. I am the worst salesman. I usually tell people I don't spend it. Can't be that bad. I have all of those. So I Yeah, I probably gave half of them to you. That's another example <laughs> of a bad a couple, salesman. But I, know, I know I bought a lot of those. So. Um, look, I got some stuff that we've printed over time the i stand with cam shirts are coming in the mail right now from the print shop you can buy a cam wow how awesome is it that those become relevant again put it in the bank t-shirt very cool and put that lombardi in the bank so go check that out there's another way you can support the podcast but really you can support it by just smashing the thumbs up button be a part of the conversation uh and you can do that at 252-228-5098 let's keep going hey guys it's Joey. Joey. Again. Or not again. Joey. My first time calling. Thank God. I was like, I missed Sorry. the call. Shit. I'm sober. Uh, I just want to say, uh, yes, that was my first time sitting in the nosebleed Sunday because the uh, some other people so many in my good family jokes had tonight. tickets we would normally get. But I enjoyed sitting in the nosebleeds way more because, I mean, it's kind of limp dicks on when we sit. It doesn't there matter. You're the only person. It doesn't matter where you sit at. Uh, and the next thing I was going to say, uh, yes, it was very loud there. Uh, they were not pumping in any noise. They were not pumping any noise. It was a legit loud game. Okay. That's what I wanted But to know. I really called to talk about the Dolphins. Joe Brady sucks, and Brian Flores likes to punch teams in the mouth. Mm. He's like Ron Rivera. He loves to punch teams in the mouth. I mean, he's a hardcore. I'm a guy from Brooklyn. You know, like that's where he grew up. And then he went over to Bill Belichick, which, you know, chiseled him even more. So he comes over to Miami and he coaches a team like a Brooklyn boy who goes up and uh, coaches under Bill Belichick for a while. Uh, we have the talent on the field, but I'm not so su- I'm not so sure about talent we have on the sideline. Ooh, good or way of putting it. Booth. I don't know where the hell Joe Brady seems stealing that line. That's going to be gone at the end of this year. He better be. Uh, I probably will be chanting "Fire Joe Brady." No. Uh, in, uh, Everybody's gonna be chanting slow, feel slow after this. Week. I don't think Joe Brady's gonna get it done, and if he does, damn it, we're not beating Atlanta at home because we're not gonna do whatever successful the week after we do it. So, I'm Here's- cautiously optimistic. We can. The Dolphins aren't that good, but they're better than we. They're better than people think. That's what a lot of people have been saying that they're better than we think, and I know about what kind of coach Brian, uh, Brian Flores is. Anyway, guys, wow, wow, wow.
Here's the thing with uh, the state of the team that really bothers me. Um, and I'm going to make a comparison to the team. Um, actually, I'm very happy about my college al- alma mater. East Carolina, we're bowl eligible. We got a winning season. We're hosting Cincinnati after. on Friday. Imagine if we get upset and undefeated. You know what I mean? Like, but we finally have a winning season after like seven years or something like that in a bowl game where we were used to kind of winning. We're not used to these super droughts like this. Yeah. It's such a good season right now. Like it's a positive season for us, but there were three games that we left on the field that we could have won like easily. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that were just in our grasp. And here's the thing is that while I am excited that the Panthers aren't dead in the water entirely at this moment, I look at, to use Ron Rivera's term against us, I looked at last week as a missed opportunity now. Mm-hmm. I look at the Vikings game as a missed opportunity. The Giants game is a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Because imagine, like, we have to catch momentum at some point for us to be good. We have right. to catch momentum. We have to win. And all of a sudden, those small things, it is two or three. But, like, imagine what the momentum for this team would be if we had won last week. And then we go to Miami and win. And you're right. on a three-game win streak. Mm-hmm. Now we're on this podcast questioning the coaching staff still. Now we're questioning. That win was such a missed opportunity. And it's because of those godforsaken black on black jersey. Oh, I love the black on black jerseys. I, oh, we do. I do too. Except just for we always the lose. scoreboard. Yeah. And so, you might call me superstitious, but at this point, I just say this is I'm just using data, vicious. bitches. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just using but, data. Joey's talking about Brady, and I'm not liking Brady. And, and I, once again, I don't like Brady either. I've put it out there very clearly. I don't like Brady. The problem is, I can watch other games and I can see exciting plays in other games. <clears throat> I don't ever see exciting play. I watched that that uh, Dallas Kansas City game the other day. Man, I saw some exciting plays on both sides, you know, both teams. And I was like, man, why can't we have creative plays like this? We have the talent to do stuff like this. Why do we never see anything this creative from Joe Brady? Granted, He's just now getting Cam Newton. He's just right. Getting, he's just now getting the opportunity to do it. So right, I, yeah. I'm going to give him some time. But you you're know, not giving him want... any time. You're sitting well, here talking I, about I, how he I ain't giving no like exciting him. plays. Give I us some time. Like but but I'm I'm, I'm going. Can to I convince you right now, Greg? I, I just haven't seen it, huh? Well, no, you didn't. I can convince you right now because there's someone too who has very been like this, not negative, not positive on the guy. Is I wanted to see how he was going to handle Cam Newton coming to town. Um. And, and I, I would say this, it, look, we saw Cam Newton run that read option to the, like, we're doing the read option now. Like, we're doing things that but, Cam does well. And to me, that at least shows a sign that Joe Brady is adaptable, right? Like, all of a sudden, now he's got Cam, and now he's going to do different things. Imagine if we would have just gone out there and done the same exact things. And we have done different things. We've done, like, not crazy, but yeah, we, we had the throw to back to Cam right that they challenged we had that play we had um dj moore out of the wildcat last week and stuff like that so it's not been so vanilla that it's awful and i think the fact is that it shows 
I think it's important that he sh- he shows a recognition that we that Cam's a weapon, and he yeah. can be used right away. If Cam was coming out, look, I think the fact that Cam has not been rusty shows a little bit about Joe Brady putting him in good situations. Yeah, I, I guess for me, I just don't see. I don't I don't see him calling a read option with Cam Newton as like super creative because honestly, if I'm playing Madden with Cam Newton, I'll be running a lot of read options. It's just something, you know, it's that's more of a player. But what talent, if you I didn't? Well, he didn't have that. Up. You're right. And he finally got to un- unleash that now that he has Cam Newton here. But I don't know. Once again, I, I just need to see more. The problem is I in his tenure here, my 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 trick player, my my awesome play calling bucket is empty. I need him to fill my bucket. You know, that's the problem. Well, now you can because he's got Cam Newton. He got Christian McCaffrey. Now he's got some good candy to put in your trick or treat bucket. Okay. Instead of trying to make you happy by just pouring candy corn in there. Two, five, two, 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 eight, fifty, nine, eight. What'd you say? I love candy corn. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Who doesn't love candy corn? (laughs) Hey guys, it's Joey again. This time, (laughs) this is my second call. Uh, I wanted to talk about. Something to ask at the very end of the post game. Why should we give Matt Rule a third year? And the reason I say we should is because what do they all say? Matt Rule. Oh, I don't want to hear this. Three Joe. years for him to. Build I don't want to hear team. this. It's take not the same. To build a good team. It's not. You're not bringing yeah, in they're recruits. Comparing, they're comparing this to Temple and Baylor, which I mean. I was about to say it's not Temple and Baylor, but if you look at this roster, is it really not Temple and Baylor? But anyway, it pretty much is. I think we should give them that third year that everyone talks about. And after that year, we should start having conversations about Matt Rule, like for real. Because I, I do want Eric the enemy. I really do. And he's not going to come here just to be the OC. And uh, the Giants, they <laughs> fired Jason Garrett, but damn it, I'd rather stick with Joe Brady because. At least you don't have to. Um, I mean, at least you don't have to sign a new contract or whatever. I don't know how that works. Like, I'm sure there's contracts and shit involved. Matt Rule is not can Joe Brady for Jason Garrett. Although some would say he should, because at least Garrett has been around the league. Joey will Brady's never get cut off early because he's got to do the round, round, round. Come on. Get to the round, round. Well, so is Garrett. But anyway, I guess we won't talk about that now. Guess we won't talk about that. I tell you one thing about, um, you know, we're at this the, the time of the season where, you know, like um, when, but like we're in the doldrums of the summer and we're waiting for football. And we're like, oh, man, it's three weeks away. It's two weeks away. So we count that. And then we're in football for the first few weeks, and it's awesome. Like, there's games everywhere. Baseball's on. Like, there's just sports. It's wonderful. But we're we're at the part of the vacation where there are more. We've hit that tipping point where we've had more days on vacation, and there's less days ahead. So now the conversation turns to there's three days left. There's only two days left of vacation. I got to clean up the condo. I got to do this. We are at the half over the halfway point, and it's like, oh man, football is going to be over soon. Yeah, it's going to be over soon. That's one point we're at. Like we're counting down now. We're on the other side of the vacation. The other part of the NFL season that we're at is the fire assistant coaches, so I don't get fired first position. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
Um, Jason Garrett, wow, look, is that, look, I'm sure they're a mess on offense. But Jason Garrett fired, got fired today, so Joe Judge didn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that, like, right. and, and to be honest, Joe Brady would have been fired today had Cam not Cam Newton Cam Newton not been a part of this team. He should have been, but I doubt he would have been. I think he would have because Rule would have been on the chopping block. You think so? I think that you at the point when you're talking millions of dollars, at some point you got to just let the guy below go. Like you got to make a sacrifice. Ron Rivera's done it. He's demoted people. He fired people. He changed. You know what I'm saying? In the offseason, like if you don't at least try to show you're adapting. You're going to get fired first. We were in a bad spot before that Arizona Cardinals game and before Cam got here. Imagine oh, this. Imagine losing on the road to Cardinals, losing to uh, this past week, right? And, like, where we would be on this point, we would not be like, oh, this loss wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. Right. We yeah. would have been – people would have been calling for some God-forsaken heads, a sacrifice. Let's go to the next call. Hey, what's good, C3 Nation, man? This is your boy, SC Base. Hey, tough, tough game. I tell you what, I was sitting there watching the game, and Ron Rivera did not want to leave a child what I wanted. So, that being said, you know, we played a hell of a game. We just got coached by a great coach, a veteran coach. He's been coaching in the NFL for 10 years. You can't put a value on that. Um, you know, when he went forward on fourth and sixth, Early in the game, I said, yeah, Ron wants to win this game. But we tried like hell, but we just got out coached. Um, we did get out coached. Keep out of it. I'm still not out of it, you know. Hopefully, we'll write the ship and get running towards the playoffs. All right, fellas, be good. We did get out coached, but here's one thing that sucks. And we've had this argument a lot on this podcast about, and I always love when Greg goes, what, isn't it Cody that said that poor tackling is coaching? And you got mad at him, or is it vice versa? Who is it that said? Who is it that argues that? We, um, yeah, and- we were we were all arguing that, and Greg was saying, you know, and and it's not list, coaching. Like yeah, you got to tackle it's the person. Not all on on coaching in that, and like right, it's, it's not hard to not coaching. Right, and, and, and I'm I with think, you. Yeah, I mean, but we were we were very much like on the bandwagon of saying it was all Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera was the reason. And would continue to be the reason why we're not, you know, succeeding. And uh, because, you know, if the players aren't playing well, it's not necessarily just an issue with the, uh, with the, uh, you know, with the coaching, I mean, with the players. Because if they're all bad, they're all professionals, they should all be able to tackle. And but we it just, turns we weren't out, it. it turns out it's like a culture that's created, A, that is the coaching staff. But B, the culture, like it's like raising your children. Right. Is that like you got to instill the morals, the values and this and that. But they got to go do their actions still matter. Right. Right? So is that like if somebody goes and does something, you can't be like, oh, well, they didn't. They weren't good parents only. Well, you can say, of course, nobody's a fucking good parent. Everybody's a terrible parent. But like like you can be a good parent and your kid can do a poor thing. Right. Right. And I do, I, I'm with Greg on this, is that like, and, and here's the argument though about coaching and tackling is that tackling isn't coached throughout the league for, throughout the years now, because we're all taking away these things. So the fundamentals, so you're trying to teach a fun, it's kind of like me at a college level now, uh, because you're not writing papers and reading books, 
for the last eight years. Now I'm teaching you fundamentals that theoretically you should be more fundamental at, at this level. Mm-hmm. So I do agree with you, Greg, about that is that uh, with that tackling and but I mean, there were some nuances in that last conversation. But here's the thing with this one. We're starting to see also Matt Rule talk about these players got to execute better. I will give um, again, I'm going to I will bring this up and hopefully I can show it real quick. And if Nick, if you're still in the chat, I would love for you to say hello because I don't got my wheel man who does helps me. It's hard to host and put the com. Oh, you can't see it. And I just lost everything. You can't even see me. Can you? No, nah, I can't read it. Good. My whole screen went. Oh, good. Nugget. <laughs> Well, it looks like we lost Tony. <laughs> <laughs> my whole screen went gone. So, <laughs> anyway, we can't do any cat calls without him, can you? Or do you nope. have controls? Hmm. Okay. I well. sure can't. <laughs> well, let's talk some Carolina Panthers football. Um, let me look up some points here. Uh, I mean, we've been trashing on the offensive line all year, you know. I wanted to ask you, do you think the offensive line is playing better or do you think it's all Cam Newton making them look better? Like, do you think we're actually getting better production in the offensive line? We did play a pretty tough defensive line this week. I mean, I think that our, like, I think Cam does a lot for an offensive line. Um, Everybody wants to say that it's harder to play offensive line with a guy like Cam Newton. I think that, um, I think it's evident the increase, like the quality change that happened with our offensive line from like three weeks ago to last week was astonishing. Like it's, we were going from giving up so many pressures, like the worst in the league to where like PJ Walker and Cam Newton had all day. Right. And even like, they're not great. Don't get me wrong. But like at the same time, like in comparison to what they were even three weeks ago, it's a night and day difference. Mm -hmm. So I think Cam Newton, I think the fact that Christian McCaffrey is becoming a bigger part of the game plan. That's why I think what happened this week you saw them try to limit they you even tried to they even tried to limit Cam Newton last or not Cam Newton but uh Christian McCaffrey last week Chuba Hubbard were still getting some some snaps right but when they saw what was happening on the film when Christian McCaffrey was on the field it's it's a it's just an entirely different way of playing the game like Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey on the field caused the defense to have to account for so much and so it make, gives takes a little pressure off of the offensive line um and that's why I think that happens and that's why I think that we've Ron Rivera got away with having Cam Newton be who he was for a while. Like, I I agree. Like, like when you look at it, like, on the surface, our offensive line has not been great for almost 10, you know, for for a good portion of the past 10 years. Almost the entirety of But a lot of the hits that Cam Newton was having wasn't all from the pocket until you get to those 20, you know, 16, 2017, 2018 years. Mm -hmm. All the hits he was taking were from the read option, from him doing the quarterback draw, from all of those. So I think there is still some 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 benefit to having cam newton out there to make the offensive line look a little bit better so i like i said i don't necessarily think the offensive line is playing tremendously better i just think that it's less pressure on them right now when you have a game like when you have an actual effective run game you have an effective passing quarterback from cam newton you know i I think that that changes a lot it's like a shot of whiskey before the game you know what i noticed between different uh 
just watching different games all the time is it seems like with Carolina, I don't know if it's just me. It seems like with Carolina, every time you snap the ball, there's a three or five step drop and the pocket collapses immediately. It's all around him. Like there's absolutely no separation. Like as soon as the ball snapped, the quarterback's going back and the line's going back in the same amount of time. Right. I watch teams like Kansas city, Baltimore, these other, I see, it looks like the ball is snapped and the, the quarterback is 12 yards from the closest person. Right. But like he, they, I don't know why it seems like they take more step for, further back. I know maybe they're in the shotgun more. I'm not sure. It just seems like there's so much more separation. Right. And I'm wondering, is our offensive line that much worse than everybody else's, or are they just playing differently? Because if so, why don't we just play further back from the offensive line? Right. Well, yeah, you know? it doesn't seem like we were taking shotgun snaps, you know, very often. Like I didn't like that's what I was talking about with with Joe Brady, where my criticism comes into play. Like even when he tries to get creative, it feels like they have to try so hard. Like I have yet to see him run a successful screen pass. Like his his ability to design screenplays is so limited from what I'm seeing. It's 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 almost you know hilarious at this point. Right. Um. So I listen. I I don't know. I, I mean, I think Cam Newton definitely does some stuff. Um, to help, but I, I still think that you know Joe Brady is still a, a, a big portion of the reason why we're not winning right now, and I, I still will maintain that for as long as I need to. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know on the on that part of the sidelines, he's definitely the the one you point to the most. You know, I'm not a Brady and a Rule fan. That's the hill I die on. Right? Yeah, so. you you've and, and you've been true to that for a good portion mm-hmm. of it, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of us are kind of coming along to it, and uh, you know, it's 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 tough because you kind of come into this with a lot of optimism and, and the part that's so difficult is the fact that we've gone through the quarterbacks that we have is a direct reflection on Matt rule. Like it is. And that's so that's tough for us because you want him to be, you wanted him to work out. Like nobody wanted him to come in here and fail. But I mean, when you see his track, you know, track record, it's not good right now. And uh, and and to all all the end up back where we are now with Cam, which is great for us. But you've got to question Matt Rule from the get go, and Joe Brady has a say in a lot of these things too. So don't oh, even yeah. Oh, yeah. like as much as Cody wants to defend Joe Brady. Joe Brady was the reason that Teddy Bridgewater was here last year. Yeah. There is and, no other reason that Teddy Bridgewater was here. And that was what I wanted to ask you when you were just saying that with Matt Rule, he's a, a big part of what's going on with the quarterbacks. His fingerprints all over it. How much of his fingerprint is all over there? Like, how big of a say do you think he has with what started this whole quarterback carousel? Matt Rule or Joe Brady? Matt Rule. Matt Rule. I think he had a huge say in Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. Um, I think. Uh, I don't know. I, I almost want to say that Cam Newton was an afterthought to uh, David Tepper. Okay. Um, and so they needed to find a replacement because I think that it was always in the plans for them to get rid of Cam Newton after Matt Rule was hired. I think that was a part of the deal. And, and if they could find somebody, to, they weren't going to cut him until they knew. But I think that that Matt Rule has a big part of part of that. Um, as far as getting rid of Teddy Bridgewater, I think that was um, I think that was a, a Tepper move as well because I think Tepper has his he cares way too much what the fans think. I think he has such. Um, which I mean, it's, it's his money, I mean, like right? I get it, but he he makes his decisions solely based off of what the 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 pulse of the Carolina Panthers fan base is saying. Um, so I think that's why Teddy Bridgewater was released. But they needed to find a replacement, and they couldn't, and so they had to go with something. And Sam Darnold was the next best thing, which you know turned out to be also another problem. 
Yeah. And I got to, I got to say, you know, he, uh, Tepper may be kind of temperamental, or not temperamental, but listens to the fans a little bit, but, uh, to, to a good point. I mean, I guarantee you the bank of America stadium made a lot damn more money this game last year, last week, oh, than they yeah. have all season long, Oh, absolutely. you know, which, it as was a business, louder. you got to look at it like that. Yeah. And it was probably, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's where I say, like, I mean, I kind of get Tepper's mindset to a degree, but at the same time, like it's, it's, there's a certain level where you have to take your hands off of the, the steering wheel of your organization and let somebody else, like let the people that you've hired to be the GM, be the head coach, be the head coach. And we don't know how we're all just basically making assumptions, right? Nobody knows for sure, right. but right. it definitely seems as though that, uh, that these decisions probably came from higher up than, than just Matt rule. You know, I am uh forever tight. And this is my phrase. I made it up tonight on this show. It's not the decision, it's the indecision with um with Ted with Teddy Bridgewater, with Sam Darn. Like all of this is not the decision, it's the indecision afterwards that is so problematic, I think. Um and uh I do think you have to say this is that look, this was I think Joe Brady said I, I wanna do I could do it with this guy. But I think Matt Rule's gotta have the stones to say we're gonna do it this way. Like, uh, is that is this is, and it's not on fitter yet. It can be soon, but this is Matt Rule's squad. He built it. He's in charge of it. Right. And if he didn't build it, then he let Marty Herney build it for him, and he a fool. Uh, tell me if what. Let me know if this is a repeat call. I'm sorry, guys. I got blasted by Google Chrome. Who? How does Google Chrome ever crash like that? And would not let me back in. My computer is getting old. Full. Yo, what's good, C3? We heard this JD. one, right? Uh, I, I just wanted to call in, uh, get my two cents. I don't remember. Um, I agree. I've been watching the show. I, I agree with what a lot of people, what the sentiment has been from a lot of uh, Panthers fans. Um, my, my thoughts on it is the defense, this this was the worst performance by the defense. Um, we, especially when you compare the other five losses we have in each one of the previous five, there was ineptitude on the offensive side of the ball. In this game, the offense did the offense played fairly well and the defense didn't hold up its end of the bargain. Um I think that we do have a good defense regardless of who we play. I think we have a defense that can go toe to toe with any offense in the NFL. Um but they have to play their A game when they're playing I personally would like to see their A game at all times. This past Sunday was their C game, and they lost to a good team. Um, regardless of what the record says about the Red Wolves, they are a good team. Uh, same goes for us. We're a good team. Record doesn't necessarily show that. I think that this team will hit its stride um, this upcoming game and after the bye. Cam will be more familiar with the offense, which That's will make point. the offense that much more. Would have helped if we won this one, though. And I think this loss will remind the defense that you 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 have no laws to rest on. So uh, I ain't talking about playoffs personally. I just want to see a winning season. Uh, if we make the playoffs, we all know a once you get there, crazy things can't happen. But true, but you got to win. You got to win to get there. Let's just talk about winning. That's my thing. It's just this was the worst performance by the defense. Again, like yeah, my my it. reference, uh, thank you. It was, uh, and I wouldn't say it's our worst of performance by the defense because I think 
there's some other games there. We got some questions like that Dallas game. It's, but this was a game the offense put the defense in a def- decent position. I mean, we scored first, right? Like, that's the thing is, like, our, our, our defense really isn't used to being – we're a play-from-ahead team, and we got ahead, and they let them – look, they let them march down the f- – score in the, in, the, in the first half – Halftime hits, and they can let them come out and get the ball and score in the second half. They put a 14 unanswered, and the defense has to make the stop there. So it is, I think it is, it might not be the worst game because Dallas was pretty tough. Dallas was tough. But you're right. I do agree with that. Um, For me, though, is that, again, back to my analogy with the ECU Pirates, is that I want to be positive about what we have here because it's better than what we had before. But, man, we've had a lot of missed opportunities here. Imagine if we would have won last week. I mean, and I know it's not if or would have, should have, but, I mean, it was in grasp. Um, the Viking games, the Vikings game was in grasp. The Eagles game, in grasp. These are games that we could have legitimate, legitimately won. So imagine being in the same exact position, catching momentum. you got to catch momentum with wins. Let's go to the next call, round this out with the final two calls, and get out of here. Hey, guys, that was the uh, game last this past Sunday, and I uh... – I so I don't know if they showed Sam Darnold. I was wondering uh, if Sam Darnold was on the bench, or if uh, he was just standing there. Yeah, he was. Or on you know, I think he should be on the bench. You know, uh, you know, on the team sideline with the team. I'm just curious. I don't know. I thought it'd be interesting whether they put him out there. And I know they're probably not going to do anything with him next year. But you know, I'm still curious about it. All right. So um, I think that you've answered the, your own question in a way. And the fact is, is that. Um, First, Sam Darnold theoretically can come back in four or five weeks, right? Like, so this isn't like, oh, we're going to give. I want somebody to ask Matt Rule if you're going to give Sam Darnold an opportunity to start later down and compete for the start. <laughs> he probably laugh like, no, duh. Like, <laughs> the second thing is this, is the fact that he's not on this, like, there on the bench talking with Cam, little earpiece in, this and that. They are trying to erase him. Sam Darnold, actually, they're not even. I'm surprised he was even on the sidelines. No, they're basically be like, "Look, we're paying you, so show up." <laughs> you know, we're paying you. At least you. Can I do feel like they're pro- trying to pay him to not show up at this <laughs> point. Like it would be better if he just wasn't there. I'd make him give um, you water if, if if I was paying him. Like do something. You know? I think that they. Yeah, I know. Remember when Matt, uh, Matt Khalil used to say this? Is that like a, you should make that motherfucker pick up trash in the dam? parking lot being paid 50 million dollars for this bullshit mm-hmm. um i think that this coaching staff trying to erase sam darnold i mean like is this is like they're like this it turned out way worse and look this is for someone who knew it was a gamble and i thought it was gonna it had an opportunity to pay off the loss turned out to be worse than it we thought it was gonna be like it was worse than the worst thing you could have thought of all right final call of the night Hey guys, it's Chuck from Elizabeth so City calling. Uh, I guess I'm sitting here tonight, and I'm just I'm this season has left me more flat and unenergetic than any I can remember, and it's not necessarily this this year. I just think we get our hopes up every single year that we're going to change it, things are going to be better. And last year I saw that, like you said earlier, Tony, that. You know, it's a COVID year. We get a new coach, and we seem to be improving every week on the defense. And we put a lot on Bridgewater that we've blamed him for. And he had all those yards with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, and 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 C-Mac was hurt. 
and we thought things were going to be different. But it just seems like we're stuck in the mud. And every year we get these great drafts, you know. You tour gross my coast, second-round pick, supposed to be a first-round pick. Oh, he's getting ready to bloom and blossom and great. And I'm not seeing anything from him with all that talent. Uh, Brian Burns looks like he's regressed. Uh, you know, just certain players we bring on this team to a draft that are supposed to be so good, we, we never utilize them. Ian Thomas was a diamond in the rough and, and, and like he's on the edge of breaking out and he, and he doesn't. And, you know, I just don't know if we're developing talent or making the right draft picks. Even Jeremy Chin last year was so great. We knew he'd probably come down and have a sophomore slump. And I think he's out of position now. We thought, oh, man, let's put him back at his natural safety. He seemed to do better at linebacker. And I just I can't put my finger on it, but something is missing with this team. And I don't blame Tepper and the organization up top. It's it's within the coach and within the locker room, within the players. Something is definitely not right. Um, that's not to say it can't change. That's not to say a little mini run would, would, would help us. But my guy, guys, if we drop the Miami game this week, you know, you might as well go ahead and, and just playing you for no wild cards. It's not going to happen. Thanks, Chuck, for the call, man. We appreciate it. First, I appreciate everybody's support in the chat room. Uh, a lot of people hanging out on a holiday week, um, giving us your time, your attention. I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate all the people in the chat room. Smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the show. Be a part of the show by calling at 252-228-5098. Some of our content will be abbreviated this week because of the holidays, and we'll try to continue to put out as much as possible. Uh, I want to turn the tide quickly to what we're going to do. Quick Thanksgiving. We got ice up picks real quick. We're going to do, but we'll talk a little Thanksgiving. But how about this? A lot of uh, talk about Panther fans and Panther culture. This and that and the being invaded, the stadium being invaded. I look, Cam, I, I'm honest. I didn't I, I go to one game a year at the minimum. I didn't go during COVID because of COVID. And oh, it was just like, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't. I mean, it's just impossible in in a way. But the way this the trajectory of this team was going, I was not gonna go to a game this year. Uh, Cam comes back now and all of a sudden a friend of mine who was definitely who said to me he said I'm not going and he lives in the same town I do it's a little trek for us a little trek you know you got to commit it's a whole weekend type thing he said and he had told me like three weeks he was like I'm not going to game fuck that I ain't paying the money and this I mean like we're all living we got you know trying to make ends meet I'm sitting there I was like man Cam so I'm sitting there thinking of what games I can go to now that Cam's back and I said, fuck this, man. Like, we're playing in New Orleans on New Year's Eve or New Year's sec- January 2nd. So, I mean, New Year's Eve weekend. So, I looked up the ticket. I, talk- I was talking to my wife, and I was like, man, wouldn't this be cool to go to New Orleans? And I said, I looked up the tickets. And you can sit in the end zone on the lower level at Mercedes Benz. On January 2nd, like on the 16th row, which you know you're going to be able to walk down and get that football t- from Cam when he scores it. That's what I'm already looking at. $135, dude. $135. $170 you could do. Like, I mean, I saw one, I saw four for $135, but, I mean, they were like $150, $160. You can't even sit in the goddamn 
How about this? It's almost cheaper for me to go to New Orleans to go see Kim than it is to go to Bank of America to see Kim. And then my wife was like, you know, we got a lot of miles on the credit card. I was like, we going, baby. We going. <laughs> so that's my new goal. Yeah. New Orleans, the big easy. And it kind of is crazy. Let's think about that is um, how the how down they are on their team already. And they've been way more relevant than we have for the last. They're still whatever. beating us in the division by half a game. <laughs> you know, I mean. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you guys was this, or not ask, but um, if you are, all right, so the thing they do on the radio stations, on every radio station is like, what's your favorite side dish and Thanksgiving? Yeah. Or you could do ham or turkey. My buddy at Pirate Radio Clip Brock invented this one because of me. He invented this question because of me, because of something I told him once about my, what my family does. But if you could add a dish to the Thanksgiving table that is not traditionally on the Thanksgiving table, but you still get the same Thanksgiving spread. We're not taking anything away. It's just one additional thing. What would it be? Oh, I know. I know right. right away. I know Let's right away. The... You want to hear it? I yeah. got this from a buddy who, who who made a couple of these for my birthday a couple of years ago, and these are absolutely fantastic. One of the best things you'll ever put in your mouth. It's a bacon-wrapped, blue cheese stuffed date with Ooh. a with a just a little sliver Sweet, of almond on the savory top. and salty oh my gosh it's so good it is with a sliver so of what on the good. top just a little sliver of almond for a little crunch okay you know wow. oh it's, it's so good all i would right. add that bacon wrap blue cheese dates all right ck um you know, I don't know, man. It's so tough right now because I am All a vegetarian. Right. You want me to tell now. you what inspired this question to give yeah. you another minute to think about? It? So I'm Italian, man. My family's Italian. My mother's maiden name is Pantini. And my grand, like uh, Italians always have pasta. Like, there's yeah, some sort of pasta, something like that. Um, or like a cold cut tray. There's always right. cold cuts. Like when you walk in the door for a party, you're going to have a tray of nice cold cuts with the cheeses and the olives and stuff like that. That's cool. But we always, my grandma always puts a nice, beautiful lasagna mm. out. And I know it's heavy and this and that, but there ain't nothing better than a nice Italian little. And so I have made it in a tradition in my own home. Like we make a lasagna too, or also that we put out there and honor my grandma who is still alive. So, not like honoring her memory, but keeping that tradition of like, hey, we're still Italian. Another awesome pro tip for you guys on Thanksgiving is that if you cook your own bird, which I highly, I'm a big turkey guy. Like I feel, I feel like cooking a turkey is important. Mm -hmm. I think fried turkey is so overrated. It's still good. I think but it, yeah, it's, a it's good, but like it is like if you cook the turkey the right way, it's, it's gorgeous. Regardless. It's yeah. gorgeous. Here is the pro tip, dude. Take that turkey carcass afterwards. Well, first, I make my own gravy out of the turkey neck and the stuff like that. You got to do that. Like, if you don't do that, you ain't living. Mm -hmm. Like, you got to make your own turkey gravy. That's where the goodness is at. But yeah, take that carcass afterwards. Keep it. There's a bunch of meat on it still and all the leftover meat. The next day, make yourself a gorgeous turkey stock. Hell like, yeah. A giant turk pot is turkey stock. And here's what you do. You take that leftover turkey 
and you make turkey and pastry. Not oh. chicken and pastry, not chicken and dumplings, turkey and dumplings. It is next level, homie. Yeah. It is like a robust. It's got more flavor than chicken. Like, I mean, because it's like a heartier meat. Well, it's like, have you read turkey eggs as opposed to chicken eggs? No. Oh. Are they good? Yeah. It's much meatier, much harder. Yeah. Like, they're, it's, it's, so, uh, I mean, they're like um, richer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny you say that because I'm actually we did our I do practice turkeys and this time of year my wife buys a ton of turkeys because you can get them for insane yeah you can get them for twenty man I got a twenty pound turkey for seven yeah. bucks dude which which makes me wonder how come during Thanksgiving turkeys are so cheap but during Valentine's Day roses go out the fucking roof skyrocket through the roof here's you know? the thing is they're not oh. cheap at Thanksgiving dude if you don't buy your turkey if you didn't buy your turkey by this past Wednesday they on sale no more well I've got like it's like nine. a window yeah you don't. Don't be a sucker mm-hmm. and buy your turkey when it's at full price. Yeah. And yeah. you got to buy the frozen one because, and it takes, by the way, it takes five days for that sucker to thaw out in the fridge. Like, I mean, Depending you how buy big a is, giant yeah. bird. Yeah. You got to yeah, get but, that 29 cent a pound turkey. I made my first one the other day, man. I think a couple of days ago, I brined it for like 36 hours and then uh, I, I just roasted it in the oven just as a practice run. So I've been eating turkey all week. We had turkey that night. And then turkey pot pie. And then I've had turkey sandwiches and just turkey, turkey, turkey. pastry, bro. Thanksgiving's coming up and I have more turkey. But turkeys are so easy. Then the reason my wife bought so many is because we have a big deep freezer. And yeah. turkey is so simple. You thaw it out. You can brine it if you want to or not. You just throw it in the oven, pull it out, and it's done. You know, you season it however you want to. It's just the simplest thing ever. So they I are. Um, I do that is I buy two every Thanksgiving and I put one in the deep freezer and one's for Christmas, one's for Thanksgiving. There you go. All right, CK, did you think of anything you would add? Chicken um, nuggets. I just, I'm trying to think of something that right now it's so tough because I'm a vegetarian now. I'm trying to figure out what would be like Thanksgiving is going to be weird because this is going to be a like, I don't know what I would add. Um, Maybe, I don't know. I've enjoyed lately, like as a vegetarian, like I've enjoyed uh, tacos, but instead of with like, you know, hamburger meat, I would use cauliflower. That's actually okay. pretty good. I think that would be a pretty cool, like something a little different than the normal, you know, um, the normal just Thanksgiving meal. Uh, right. So I would be that. That'd be that'd be my addition, I guess. Uh, I want no cauliflower rice or no cauliflower mashed potatoes. Good God, I hate that. All right, um, that's just me. Um, yeah, we, we'll think of some vegetarian. Give him some vegetarian options, folks, for his Thanksgiving because he don't get to get oh. the the turkey CK, don't get the school, man i'll hit you up with some vegetarian ideas all right um that's the c3 panthers podcast we just got ice some fools up all right um and the ice up segment is the longest running segment on the show it's where we tell someone to ice up toughen up to get it together our homage to steve smith who wants to go first um i'm gonna ice up my uh like what the the thought that like why I guess my my opinion as to why parents and or people with kids have a uh, a decrease in their sex life after they have kids. Um, so my, I was like, you know, me and my wife were embracing, not even like in that regard, but embracing. Like, yeah, we were like we were in a in a in a more I guess passionate. You were passionate, giving passionate like your embrace, and, right? Right. And my son walks up to us and he, as he does, and he's, he's pretty cute about it. He goes, you know, he wants to get in, into the hug and everything. And, uh, 
And like the moment he goes and hugs, hugs us, he's, he stop he's like, he literally barely hugs us. And then he said, Oh, I got to poop. And, and then just runs into the bathroom door wide open and then just like, lets it go. Like, and I'm just sitting there. My wife and I are just sitting there staring at each other. Like, and it was like literally probably about three second difference, like between that happening. And, um, it just it, like, I was like, I told my wife right before he did that, like he said, I gotta go poop. And he runs in the bathroom. I told her, I was like, and this is why parents don't have sex as much. <laughs> and she can, then that's the moment you just hear everything just fall out of the kid. Like, and we just start busting out laughing because like it just, it lined up so perfectly with it. But anyway, yeah, uh, I guess the idea of having, uh, having pooping ass children. Yeah. <laughs> those, uh, those, those kids will do a, a number on the, uh, on the the mood if it's ever even going to be an option so uh greg you know he's got a hobby baby you know he's got one hobby baby because our kid in there taking a dump i'm like yo we could go sneak one in (laughs) 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 all right greg you got to ice up for us yeah man uh just go to an old true one that i've done before and i'm sure i'll probably get to again in the future and i gotta ice myself up man uh you know you always tell yourself you're gonna do something if you're in this situation like you're always like, if I was ever in the situation, this is exactly what I do. Yeah. And I know it's what I do. Said I was going to fight my dad back if he ever hit me. I didn't do that. <laughs> right, right. But then you get put in that situation. It's like, oh, okay, that's not what you did. So uh, they say always just hit the deer. You know, don't swerve. Hit the deer. Hit the animal. That's what swerve. And I guess for other animals I have, because like I, I, I've definitely run over rabbits and stuff like that. And cat, I don't want to say, I don't mind saying cats. I've probably hit a dog or two, but I doubt a dog. Um, cause I love dogs. I, I I've, uh, I swerved to hit a deer, miss a deer the other day. And I ended up putting my truck in a Creek, uh, went off in a bank, man. I'm lucky I didn't roll the truck, but I went off in a bank, man. I landed directly in the Creek. Um, n- no real injuries. I got a couple cuts on my back, but, uh, other than that, nothing really. My knees a little sore. So I got really lucky with that. But, uh, the bottom line is just hit the deer. I probably would have done just as much damage to my vehicle because I'm not going to lie. I went into the uh, place they towed to today and I replaced the tire and I drove it home, which is kind of well, crazy. Thank God you're such... okay. Yeah, Hit but, but you know, I still got to ice myself up for that because, like I said, you always tell yourself in certain situations you're going to do stuff. And it's always so I tell my kids, I'm like, just, just, just plow through the animal. And, you know, you always say that, but just knee jerk reaction as soon as you see it, you know, I jerked and it was just the wrong time. So I'm icing myself up for it. I got a lot of uh, car repairs to do. Well, yeah, but thankfully you're okay and you're here tonight. Um, My ice up pick goes to the fact that it's cheaper for me to go to New Orleans on New Year's to go see a Panthers game than it is to go to Charlotte for the weekend. Yeah, we're using points there. I mean, I'm not. I'm fine, but still, like God, I mean, you can't see it lower level in Bank of America for less than five hundred. Two hundred. Yeah. I mean, like, are you talking about lower level, like club seat lower level? Or are you talking about, I'm talking about like, I mean, but this one, man, you can't sit. I mean, it is like 350 bucks to go. Uh, And these seats that that I'm going to be sitting at might be 400 bucks at our stadium. But why is this so much cheaper at the, in New Orleans? Because you know what? When the New Orleans Saints aren't good, guess what people have? They have New Orleans to go to. They ain't going to the game. They're just going to go to New Orleans. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're going to go to the city. Instead, our bumpkins are driving all the way from eastern North Carolina where there's nothing to do to a place. That is great. Love the Carolina Panthers. Um, I love you guys. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. I have tomorrow off. My wife is, like, actually trying to hang out. I might go embrace. 
I might go in Bruce. That's good. Um, check us out for the content coming out throughout the week. We'll be doing uh, debate my take hopefully tomorrow. I don't know if the beat check's going down. I've had trouble securing some beat writers. <laughs> anyway, and it is Thanksgiving you got, week. You got bad rap after uh, having David. <laughs> Bull crap. I got the best rap. I make y'all's careers better. Anyway, um, 252-228-5098. Um, where can they find your work, Greg? You can find me at the Bad Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter, and I'm also the host of the C three of the Super Civil Service Podcast, uh, live every Friday night at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. Audio drops on Mondays. Come check us out this Friday. I think Cody's going to join us again. In fact, he might start joining us a lot more. He's really liking some of the topics we're covering, but we are going to be talking about the finale of Arcane. If you haven't watched Hit Monkey yet, check out Hit Monkey on Hulu. Uh, went, uh, Hawkeye drops this week. Masters of the Universe drops this week. We've also got Ooh. Cowboy Bebop. I mean, there's a ton of stuff getting revving up for the Matrix coming out. Guys, this is a great time to be alive. A ton of content to watch as far as that goes. Uh, check us out. CK? Uh, you can find me all over the interwebs at Codizzle Allen. You can find me on the Instagram, the TikToks, the Twitters, the, the Facebook gaming, the Twitches. You know, you can find me all those places. So go uh, show your boy some love. Tony Dunn here at cat underscore chronicles. Uh, just check us out. Subscribe, like, be a part of the fam. Uh, keep pounding. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.